this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Hulu wants to offend you. You know, this podcast would be great if it wasn't for all the customers. And Steve plays superhero matchmaker. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, and to my left is Steve. Hello, everyone. And just as I was looking at my phone, because I'm the you know consummate professional while we're listening to the intro, I just want to let you know, a friend of mine just started watching Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. So do you want me to Stop go on it. Facebook and be like, don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> like, you've gone too far. Was it Rich? No, it was not okay. Rich. It was another friend. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure with Rich, he will watch it, and he, you know, he just watched like I hats off to him. Like if he's going to go do a deep dive in a series, he he goes all the way through yeah. it, no matter what it is. So I respect that. But no, it's friends don't let friends watch Halloween Five. I guess it's like <laughs> what do you take from that? So um, yeah, uh, we're gonna have we're gonna talk about our weekend because it's what we do here on the show first. Um, I, it's going to be a tale of of two weekends. Steve, tell tell everybody what what happened uh, in the meantime. So my weekend was actually more like. A six-day weekend because I was on vacation. Uh, we recorded- go day by day, event by event. Just in order, please. Like, day one. Well, day one. Still tired from the swim. Like, where'd you go? Like, just you know. We went to the uh, the Florida Keys, and uh, what was great about that is is that uh, our flight. Uh, we left the house I think at five fifteen, and I think our flight was supposed to leave at like six thirty. I can't remember. Uh, maybe it was seven. Long story short, I am a terrible flyer. I am I am not good about being on an airplane. Like I, um, I've I've known this about you. I've just never asked. Like, is there like a reason or uh, just I? I wouldn't say that I'm. I'm certainly not somebody who isn't like needs to be in control. But I don't like situations where, and when I say situations, I mean like instances where like if I'm in a car. That's a place where I'm in control where maybe I can save myself as if, you know, I'm in an accident, whereas like an airplane, like there's no, I have no, I'm basically handing my life over to whoever's in that cockpit, basically. I mean, the, so the idea of, of being in a, a shiny metal tube in the sky defying gravity, right. doesn't, that doesn't sit well with you? It does like, not. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, you know, to go into the other your other show, Strange Highways, I'm a little bit of Shatner, and I know you haven't covered this episode yet, but I'm a little bit of Shatner. On the wing walker, like yeah. where he's just like, I'm just going to just drink heavily and stare, like, no. But without, like a gremlin, without any, like, any sort of, like, I, I literally, like, I, my wife was looking at me this is like i think the second time i'd flown but i was literally convinced we were going down <laughs> and like i'm the only one who's like freaking out but um my wife's like we were turning i'm like we were going down <laughs> um <laughs> but the oh. nice thing is is my doctor always prescribes something that i can take before i get on the flight to help yeah level me out um 
this time it worked like gangbusters because like I fell asleep before we took off mm-hmm. and I slept through the entire like. Well, because you there. you went to like wherever the, the Star Wars celebration was. It was over. Um, oh yeah, uh, that uh, was in Orlando. No, no, the the one overseas. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where was that one located? Uh, that one was in London. Yeah, so that's a significantly probably a longer flight. I yes, think. it is and, a longer. Flight. And over over <laughs> over ocean, which I don't know if that's scarier or not. And like just just the being in the air is scary <laughs> enough. So. And I've not gotten better at it. It's not like, oh, I'm more relaxed. I'm still terrified every time. I've only I've only taken two flights in the sense of like, you know, leaving an area, going to go visit, have connecting flights, and then come back. Like I've only had two trips where I've flown. And and one was in college and then one was to go to my wedding in Vegas. And on the way out, like once you hit the Rockies, there there's a significant difference because like the elevation there's turbulence because of the Rockies. Yeah. And the plane did like like a like a ten or fifteen foot drop, it felt like immediately. Cause it was like it was hitting this chop. Yeah. And like in my mind, I'm like, well, they told me it's fine. But the, the, you still you're just like, well, yeah, I'm sure everybody thinks something's fine until like the hall breaks open. It's like I've seen <laughs> I've seen the pilot to lost. I know what happens, you know, like so Anyway, I mean, I, I'm an okay flyer. Like, I was reading a book. I wasn't like, because like, I kind of, there's one of those things of like, well, if something happens, I really can't do anything. So yeah. I, I kind of, as much as there, like, I had a window seat, so I still got to look out, and there's still that moment of like, the initial takeoff moment where you see the ground go away is very freaky, you know? Yeah. But otherwise, I was like, well, I guess I'll just read the Stephen King book. I guess, well, they have it worse off than I do right now, and that was that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I try to focus on other things during that time, but uh, just being out for it was nice. Like, if I could actually, like, have that experience every time I fly, it would be great. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like that just driving to work <laughs> myself. Like, just I don't remember what happened. Like, I, I wake up and I'm there. Granted, I'd be in my car, so yeah. driving. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yes. Um, but but uh, that was that was the very beginning of the trip. I'll spare you the de- details of a lot of other things that happened. But I will I will say a couple of things. One, um, I have never had a rum runner before. Have you ever had a, a drink? I, I've heard rum? of it, but I'm sure it has rum in it. And then what's the rest of it? I don't know. But like it's, gasoline? It's, what is it? Like, it's, it's magically delicious. Okay. I can tell you that. Um, we... We went down to uh, Key West for uh, just one day while we were there because we stayed in Marathon for the rest of the trip. But uh, we were at this bar called Sloppy Joe's, and my wife got one. And I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's a rum runner. Give it a try. And I'm like, oh, these are It delicious. sounds like it has to have coconut in it. It sounds like it has to – maybe I, not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. It was it was like a, a like a strawberry cherry flavorish. Oh. Kind of, like a berry flavor, I should say, it felt like. Um, but uh, – uh, I was pretty pretty drunk at that point anyway, so it, it who knows, maybe they're terrible, and I was just like, these are amazing! Um, but yeah, that was pretty much how I spent every day, was because uh, there was 12 of us, so uh, we would just basically end up uh, hanging out, eating you know, good food and, uh, drinking the day away, which was kind of nice. That, like, that is nice. So uh, I looked up a recipe for a rum runner. Um, supposedly, I don't know. This could be a total fabrication. I don't know. Uh, it says, uh, some, there's some lime juice, orange juice, unsweetened pineapple juice. So a lot of that, what you're saying makes sense. Uh, banana liqueur, light rum, dark rum, Chambord, uh, grenadine, and then a fruit skewer. So okay. yeah, That's you're right. That like I, that, I feel like the name Rum Runner sounds like it would be a darker drink than that. But yeah, yeah it's it looks festive. It looks wonderful. Yeah, it's it's very delicious, and uh, I'm surprised that because I don't normally I don't like pineapple at all. So I clearly couldn't pick up on it at the time. Or maybe that one didn't have it. I don't know. Because yeah. like like everybody's like, oh, I'll tell you how it makes perfect drink, and like everybody's definition of it is 
seven right. different ingredients, you know. So, but uh, that was that was my big discovery was that I really like rum runners. Um, let's see what else. Uh, food is more expensive anywhere than the Keys, um, so keep <laughs> that in mind. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would I would assume so, just because it's like it's a de- it's a destination, yeah, and also that's smaller tracts of land. So I don't know, maybe it's just more <laughs> scarce there. I, it's like you buy chicken, it's like, oh, this is really expensive. Why? Because there's seven of them behind the bar, and that's all we have. That's going to last us until they make more chickens. Yes. You know, like. Well, my wife, uh, she went down to the beach the one day with her friends, um, and they saw a um, sea turtle get released back into the wild. Uh, apparently, it had been on the mend. There's oh, like a good. turtle hospital down there and all that good stuff. And The emergency um, room was just really slow moving, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. The uh, while we were in Key West, we actually went to the Heming- Hemingway House. Have you ever heard of this? You, uh, you, you know, your wife talked about it when she was over for our party and mentioning that there's cats with thumbs there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, polydactyl cats, um, pterodactyl took, cats. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they basically have thumbs. And uh, I took some pictures. Uh, I think I, I don't know if you saw them on my Facebook. Like some of their mitts are like, you know, it's weird because it's like it looks like a, a regular paw, but then there's like maybe one or two extra like. <laughs> nubs there and it's like wow it looks like a almost a hand yeah i mean um, just don't teach them how to hold a gun anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hemingway uh we took the tour hemingway was a very interesting guy um i be perfectly honest i other than like knowing that he was a very famous writer i don't think i've ever actually read anything by hemingway um i've read oh a farewell to arms i think i've read that okay. uh See, it's been years, but I think I read it in college. Yeah. Well, yeah. My wife said she read something in high school. And I'm like, well, I, I don't ever. He remember. wrote that. Like, I'm going to be. I'm no, gonna, he did. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, I've read. I've read Green Eggs and Ham. I am familiar <laughs> with him anyway. No. Um, but uh, like he wrote for whom the bell tolls and a couple other things, which I was like, yay, Metallica. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, the, like, from what I remember <laughs> about Farewell to Arms and uh, is that. It was it was very like straightforward to read, and so I'm always intimidated by like you know people consider like these great authors because I yeah. feel like sometimes their work might be so dense that it, it, like if I don't have the focus, I'm not going to get anything out of it. His story it was very like you could read it and get it, and there's a lot going on in terms of like you know like that's a really well written book and there's a lot of good character depth, but it never felt like it was intimidating. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true of the rest of his works, but it was very approachable. Yeah. Um- I, I, I that I can't say, but I can say that uh, the guy liked the ladies. He was married like five times or something crazy like that. Yeah, ladies just didn't like him, right? I mean, I guess after a <laughs> while. Yeah. Um, but uh, the house was really cool. Um, it was interesting because, like, on the tour, they're like, "Oh, if you look over here, and you're like, here's the restroom," and then there was a outside like like a, a balcony that you could walk out on, and there's literally like you could see there's a window where the toilet is, and she's like, yeah, back in the day, like, if one of his friends was walking by and he just happened to be sitting here, he'd, like, yell out the window, hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, that's, that sounds like a clean version <laughs> of that story, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, 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 the cats were really cool, seeing um, just, like, they're literally, like, they're bored with people. Well, well just, I'm sure uh, there's, you know, like, they there's... see people all the time. Yeah. And, uh, beautiful house, um, very nice, but, again, if you're going to go anywhere down in that area, uh, bring extra cash, because... Uh, <laughs> Like it felt like everything was double or triple, like the value. Yeah, that, I'm sure. I'm sure there was some sticker shock. Like I, 
I, I always try to tell myself that I'm not like this, like, you know, country bumpkin where I'm like, I get I, city life or whatever. I get it. And then I, then I go to those places and they're like, I'm like, what? That costs that much. Like I'm getting in my pickup and I'm out of here. You know, like, so yeah, I just, um, I mean, I'll admit that I have a problem with sometimes thinking things should still be what they were 20 years ago. I've, I've reached that point in my life now where I'm like, I'm not paying X, Y, and Z. These should be what they were in 1999. I, yeah. I have like people always like uh, laugh at me where I tell them I don't want to spend more than $40 on a pair of shoes. And they're like, well, like you could spend more than I'm like, no, like I'm going to wear these into the ground and get another, I'm not spending more than $40 on a pair of shoes. <laughs> And so, like, it's 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 weird because, like, I'll spend money on dumb shit all the time, but there's a couple of things where I'm like, pants, I'm not spending more than $20 on pants. Like, I just, I get, like... Well, it's funny that you mentioned Converse. I'll only buy them if I can get them at a good price, because, like, when I was a kid, I'd buy Converse all the time, you know, just the All-Stars, and they were 20 bucks. Yeah. So, in my brain, you should not have to pay... And let's be honest. They've not changed not, that they much. They've not changed that much, and All-Stars should not be anything more than, like, okay, let's maybe say 25 now. But yeah, like, I... You shouldn't be paying, you know, forty to fifty dollars for a pair of All Stars. Just me. Yeah. Um, right. But if I can get them on sale, I'll buy them because I have like three pairs now. But, like, <laughs> uh, I'm not exactly, I, I'm not exactly the best uh, point of reference for that. But uh, you know, when I go to a bar and like, you know, it's six dollars for a beer, and I'm like, it's a Miller Lite, man. Yeah. Like, no, it's. I mean, like so. talking about when I went to Vegas, there was a lot of that of just like, you're kidding me, right? Like, yeah. that's why the CVS became like my. Uh, safe haven because everything there was like just a little bit more but it was like that thing of like okay i could i can deal with this like i'll pay a dollar or two more for something as opposed to oh sir you just want this regular beer okay well if you could like uh, we'll pre-approve you for a loan i'm like wait you know (laughs) so uh, you know whatever i I will also say that uh, because i i am not somebody who can like enjoy an alcoholic beverage slowly throughout the day i've got to start later um (laughs) I uh, I was also the, the one who would often go on a run for something because it'd be like, hey, I'm the one who hasn't had anything to drink yet. So <laughs> so we had two rented cars or, or uh, vans. Uh, I don't even remember what I had to go get the first. Oh, I know. More what rum for rum runners. I had to, actually, I had to go get a, a bottle of vodka because they were like, <laughs> we don't know if we have enough vodka for the night. I'm like, it's five o'clock for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm like, all right, fine, I'll run out. And then the last night there, it was so funny. Uh, one of the guys that we were staying with comes out and he's like, uh, I just checked and there's literally like four pieces of toilet paper left. He's like, I'm not saying like rolls, I'm saying like four squares. And so like, they're all like, all right, well, we've got this much Kleenex and done it. And I'm like, I'm just going to go buy a four pack. I, I like to turn into like an episode of Survivor. It did. Like, like they, I swear to God, they were going on for like 10 minutes about this. And I'm like, like I well, was I mean, like. Give me yeah. the keys. I haven't anything to drink. I'm just gonna go and buy. We, we have we paper. have the cardboard box from this box of cheeses. I mean, <laughs> someone's gonna have a bad time, but it could work, right? Well, like just somebody like, had mentioned because we had two showers. Somebody was like, "Well, there's a shower in each bathroom. Just use them like a bidet." I'm like, <laughs> these were granted. People were very. Well, I wouldn't say they were hammered, but they were certainly at this point like starting to not, feel the influence. Not good decision making going yeah. on. Oh, wow. So I was like, yeah. "Here, give me the keys. I haven't anything to drink. I will go buy said toilet paper." <laughs> so, well, it's, you know, sounds like you had a had a hell of a time. Um, I did. Um, the only downside to it was, and I, I don't know if it was specifically the area that we were in, or I feel like. There was like a dehumidifier or something in the house. I had a sore throat literally the entire time I was there. No, oh. and like it went away like yesterday. Mm. 
And like I wasn't like I had no other symptoms. It was just this constant dry sore throat. So that's why you should start know. drinking earlier in the day then. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess it did go away towards the end of the night when <laughs> I'd had a few. I just oh. drink I'm just drinking this Robitussin Rum Runner. It's it's fine. It's fine. And I learned to play dominoes. So oh. now when I'm 80, I'll have a vocation. Okay, not I mean, a vocation, you, you but a, that a and then um what what um not cribbage. There's another one that are like euchre. Once you learn how to play euchre, then they like, all uh, play euchre. I do not know how to play euchre, yeah, so I, I got know. to learn dominoes. Oh, well, I mean, at least I don't know. Dominoes are at least fun to kind of fiddle with while you're like, but maybe, oh, it was a good time. Don't yeah. get me wrong, yeah. but like I was just like, oh well. The first night we were playing it, like everybody, when you're sitting there with like eight people all trying to teach you one thing, it's yeah. like I looked at them all. I'm like. I'm not retaining any of this. I just want y'all to know that I'm not going to remember any of it. It's like when you guys, when you least expect, I'm going to be outside throwing toilet paper away just, <laughs> just to spite you guys. You just don't even know. So, well, no, it's still, you had a, a good time away and then you came back to Cleveland being, you know, uh, an icy butthole. And that was, you know, I'm sure. Nice. I was an icy butthole No, no, Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, you okay. come back to, you know, being down there in nice weather. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, by the way, it's going to punch you in the face. You know? Yeah, it was really nice walking around in just shorts and. Like, because I I bought like three Hawaiian shirts before we went, so I'd have something tropical to wear, and uh, uh, it was nice just wearing that and shorts and a pair of Converse. Yeah, so. there you go. So my weekend was not a tropical getaway. Uh, just uh, here's the stark contrast: I did jack shit uh, and watched two movies like of my own volition, not related to any, anything that I do for a podcast. Wow. And I played, I finally, I'm so bad about like, Oh, I brought this brand new video game. Then I'll just sit for months. I finally dug into Spider-Man, which just came out like in October. Uh-huh. Of course it being February, it's time to play it. Um, so I got about halfway through Spider-Man. Um, so do you know you got halfway through Spider-Man or well, it says, like- it says campaign progress, 48%. So uh, I think that means okay. the main story, or the story beats. So it tells me that. So I think I'm halfway through unless there's a secret 50% I don't know about. Um, it, it's, 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 it feels like Spider-Man. Like it is really, it's fun. Uh, it's funny. Uh, like the, the humor, it's really good. Um, the guy, whoever they got to play Peter Parker, like, and he, they, the quips feel right. Like there's an ongoing running joke where he's helping this one police officer, uh, do something. And, and he keeps talking about being spider cop and like kind of have like this running monologue, like, you know, and she's just like, can you stop it with the spider cop stuff? But he was just like, <laughs> it, it's, it's just really funny. Cause it'll just come back every so often. And he'll say something. He's like, I thought we were friends. She's like, we're not friends. He's like, but that took a dark turn. Like this whole thing of the Spider-Man being an idiot running around you know, the city. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool game, and there's some interesting cuts for the villains. Like, uh, uh, you run into the Shocker. He's kind of like an, an like he's easily dealt with, but still, it's like oh, cool, the Shocker's there. Is he uh, in like his yellowish? Kinda, it's like an updated look, um, fishnet look. Kinda, it, uh, yeah. Uh, so that that was fun. I know what was it? Um, I just I now Silver Sable showed up. With uh, I don't know how familiar you are with her with the yeah she's I I feel like I have a handful of issues with her in it and the, she's like a, a mercenary like for hire yeah and I, she I think the story that I have that sticks out the most was there was a McFarlane like two issue thing where it's like her Captain America and Spider Man yeah 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 you're right um, um but she's like hired private military for Mayor Norm, Norman Osborn in this this uh, version of New York mm-hmm. um uh, J Jonah Jameson retired from the Daily Bugle and he runs like a radio show that it's called just the facts or something. So as you're swinging along, like you have like your phone with you and it will like the broadcast will start whoever they got. They didn't get, um, uh, what's this? They didn't get JK Simmons, which would have been amazing, but whoever they got to play, 
uh, J. Joe Jameson is great because he just goes off on these rants and he's like, and we have a caller that has to tell us this horrible story about Spider-Man. They're like, no, Spider-Man is a pretty good guy. He did this. He's like, I think you misunderstand what he was trying to do, caller. He gets like all angry about things <laughs> and he just tells his interns, he's like, during the commercial break, fire yourself, but then hire yourself and just know that your job is like, you know, hanging by a thread and that, you know, you're not even getting paid. Like, he would just get, like it's, it's pretty great. So it is interesting to me that like his character has not yet been recast. Like there's been three Spider-Man movies without J. Jameson because yeah. everybody still goes back and like, Hey, just throw him in there. No, He's be great. so yeah. good. Yeah. So the game, the game is awesome. So I, I've been really digging that. But then, so I played that for like all day Saturday, but Friday night I watched um, two Netflix films. I watched a uh, polar and uh, Velvet Buzzsaw. So I have not seen Polar. Well, I haven't seen either. I'm seeing very mi- mixed reviews for Velvet Buzzsaw. Yep. What did you think? That's that's probably where I like it. I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth a watch. Um, it's I, I know we're going to get into the, the we haven't got the news yet. So here's many, many news reviews of films that you guys may or may have seen. Uh, the the director and writer of it, I forget his name off the top of my head, but him and Jake Gyllenhaal got Tony to, Gilroy. Yeah, I think so. Um, they had previously worked together on Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. which is a great film. Yeah, I he really bamfed well in that movie. I yes, thought. he did. Yeah, it was an amazing story of Kurt. Um, oh, what's Kurt's last name? Anyway, <laughs> well, uh, I almost said Loder. Wagner. Wagner, right? Yeah, Kurt Wa- it's Kurt, Wagner. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Loader. Uh, Kurt Loader. You know, it's just the the MTV newsman that was also a teleporter. Uh, <laughs> No, like Nightcrawler was a great film, very unnerving, gets under your skin. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be kind of awesome. And it's like the best way I can describe it, and this is a weird description, is that it feels like a Brett Easton Ellis novel in the sense that like American Psycho, like that's a movie that people you could read it as like a satire or a horror film. And this feels like that same thing of like, this is a send up of the art world or it's a horror film, but it just can't quite make up its mind one way or the other. So there's a lot there. There's a lot of times I was laughing with the movie cause it yeah. was purposely like being something like ridiculous in terms of like the, how the art world works and, and Jake Gyllenhaal's character. In this is awesome. But then there's like, it just never really felt like it amounted to much of anything. So it was a very frustrating watch in the sense that there's a lot that I like and I can appreciate that I was trying to say something. I just don't know if I got it meandering i think was probably the word that i saw most reviews yeah i mean a little bit i mean but i again your mileage may vary i i think like i was talking to my wife about this because she sat down and watched it with me um that had we paid money in the theater to see it i think i'd be more frustrated with it but with netflix snapping up all these kind of like different kinds of movies to be here what about this what about this i kind of already know going in that if i'm not entirely happy with it that all I've given it is my time, which I mean, that is a, a, there is a value to it, but it's not the same as me going out of my way, driving to a destination, putting money in, like and going to a theater to see this and then coming out and be like, I spent the, I spent part of my day to see that. You it's know? the equivalent of back in the day when like there would be like a made for TV movie. Like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, so in, in that not not quality wise, but I mean, just in your schedule where it's like, oh, it's Saturday night. What am I going to watch? Oh, you know, there's a um, the legend of Boggy Creek or something. Yeah. 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 But uh, um, I was going to make a point about uh, Velvet Buzzsaw and now I can't. Be- oh, uh, just your experience with it was like when people were pissed off about the Cloverfield um, paradox paradox yeah. where I was just like. 
and, and I know we talked about it on the show, but I, so I'd have to go back. But I was just like, yeah, it was okay, but I'm not like mad about it. I didn't I, feel ripped off. That was one of the, the only thing I was upset about <laughs> is that they made a big deal about that one advertising on the Super Bowl. Like this movie's like it's going to be available the moment Super Bowl's over. I'm like, well, shit, it's a Cloverfield kind of movie. I'm gonna, so I stayed up late that night and watched it. So I was just grouchy the next day because yeah. I didn't get much sleep. But, but that's and, on you. That's not on. It's on not on Netflix. Movie. Yeah, but but the, the movie. <laughs> That one, it was like one of those things where I'm like, I, like if, if you did a scale of 100, I'd give it like a 52 of like, it wasn't the worst. It just kind of veered over into like, it was okay, but it wasn't the greatest. So like Velvet Buzzsaw is kind of like, I think it's worthy of watching for the discussion about it. I yeah. just, there's just times where it's like, I don't like, can you make up your mind? You know, so so. Uh, let's just do a quick, quick list real quick. Uh, between Velvet Buzzsaw, Mute, and, uh, and Cloverfield, Paradox. What are what would be your ranking for those? Three? Well, Mute I think is still the more complete film of all three of those. Okay. Um, and I know you and I had our problems with Mute, but I would watch that again if you know if if the urge hit me to watch it again. Which is weird because I have not thought about that movie to literally just this conversation. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just yeah. the way we interpret media now. Like, yeah. No, you're right. Um, it's so like. Yeah, it's very much it's like that's why I wanted to get to Velvet Buzzsaw now because it just came out. Yeah. Same thing with like uh, with uh, Polar. It just came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, and that's another one that was snapped up by Netflix to, to, you know, put out and, um, polar is worth a watch as well, but people are like, it's kind of like John wick. Yeah. There's assassins, but that's about it. I know you haven't seen John wick. Um, have you seen shoot him up? Yes, my wife loves shoot 'em up. I hate reason. that movie. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, you're like like someone I know loves that. The person I'm married to, speaking my life, with, she loves it. I'm like, no, I'm like, not really a fan of it. So, like, I just, understand your point of view. Like, she loves just, that he kills people with carrots and like, yeah, the craziness. So, Bowler is is like a half step back from that in the sense that like it tries to do the stylized thing with okay. a lot of like the the titles and the location shots and like the introduction of different characters like when they their name shows up on screen and it's like and then when after you watch the movie it's like I really didn't need to know their names because it doesn't really matter like gotcha. other than um Mads uh, Mikkelsen who is the the main lead and that he plays a the the Black Kaiser he's a badass and that that's the price the worth the price of admission to see him play this like soon to retire hitman that's not hitman sorry assassin he's just really good at his job uh, the the score. He's got a certain set of skills. He does have certain set of skills. Yeah. Um, I would like to see him and Liam Neeson in a film together. Honestly, just like just beating the shit out of everybody. That would be that would be so much fun. Uh, or facing off against each other, just like angry old men. Like you know, that'd be, <laughs> the, there you go. Reboot angry old men or grumpy, grumpy old men, men, but just but not a comedy, but just two grumpy <laughs> old men fighting it out. Uh, the score for Polar was done by Dead Mouse. Um, I know you may not know who that is, but it, the score is great. Uh, and like the end credit song of that thing is badass, but like the movie itself, it's like, it kept trying to do the, like this kind of edgy, like in your face, like, look at how, how much we're doing. And it, like, it just, yeah. a lot of it kind of fell flat, but then there's moments that it's like, Oh, this movie is kind of good. And it's like, Oh, but now it's not <laughs> like, so it was very frustrating. So I watched that and then immediately watched velvet buzzsaw. So it was like, Hey, Netflix, thanks. Like, yeah. like, but then like, that, not to go on too much about the well it's our show we can do what we want but like I'm like well then is all Netflix stuff like this but then last year one of one of the best movies I saw was Apostle yeah. and that was bought up by Netflix I know Netflix doesn't actually produce these but Apostle is an amazing film like I like I know that like, maybe I liked it more than you did but I feel like that's like a, a solid like A to B like it doesn't I mean there's 
you know, maybe it meanders a little bit in the middle, but it's it's a well done, crafted, awesome movie. Well, it's like you know, uh, and this is another one where you and I varied a little bit, but like I thought, Hush was one of the best slasher movies I'd seen in years, and I liked it. Yeah. Um, that was acquired by Netflix, but I wish I wish they would really consider. And I know uh, the market's getting smaller and smaller, but man, I would love to have a. a, a a nice Blu-ray of Hush with some special features and a commentary. Yeah, well, like they, for but, their for the, the movies that they like have that yeah. they're you know specific. Like, I wish that they would just put some of them out. Like, I'm sure if you could get a puzzle with like, I would, I would pick up a puzzle in a heartbeat on Blu-ray. Yeah, like, um, and I know, and it's weird because they've released some of their stuff like for release, like like their Which TV weird, shows. Yeah, like yeah. I have no interest. I'm like Daredevil. I'm like. I love Daredevil, but I, I don't need to buy this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Stranger Things, love it, but I don't need to buy this. But for you know certain movies, like and maybe if those Stranger Things box sets or you know Daredevil, like they seem to have no bonus features. Like yeah, if you're gonna put them out, like put some stuff on there, yeah. to get me to buy it because I will buy stuff. You just you gotta tease me with some bonus features, yo. Right. So, um, but yeah, my whole weekend was watching two movies that left me kind of going, huh? And then I played a lot of Spider Man. That was my weekend. Uh, I, I did want to mention yeah. real quick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because Sorry. we were talking about movies. Yeah. Uh, just that um, while I was on vacation, I literally watched no movies, no TV. We didn't like it, it's a, it's amazing when you're on vacation, you kind of forget like all the things that distract you in normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, wow, I'm just enjoying life and having fun, and I don't need TV or you know whatever. Um, <laughs> My life hasn't weighed me down so much that I need to escape into something else. Yeah, um, but uh, the day that we came back, or yesterday, the first day uh, back, um, full day back uh, after work, there was a 35th anniversary screening at Regal of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street. What was nice about it was it was a five dollar ticket. Nice. Um, and uh, you could get like a, a small popcorn and a small drink for five bucks as well. Um, I just want to say real quick that again, it's another one of those movies that I saw in the theater that I've never had a chance to see on the big screen, and just realize like how well crafted seeing it on the a big screen uh, is, like, and just how well Craven and uh, I think it's Jack Aitken was the cinematographer. Basically, the way they fill the frame is is really like astounding when you see it on the big screen because I've only ever seen it on the TV. So I just I I always I don't know like there it's a different experience seeing a movie the way it was meant to be seen on a large yeah. screen. But uh, the other thing that took me back and I I don't know why it's just you kind of forget like how much that movie is packed. With iconic horror moments, mm-hmm. like from the scene with her in the bathtub and the glove coming up, to Johnny Depp being eaten by the bed, um, and the upside down whatever the girl on the ceiling, and like yeah, and then uh, Freddie getting uh, a sledgehammer to the chest. Yes. <laughs> like, um, yeah. The I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Oh, with and the and, and the, him pressing against the 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 what the wallpaper or whatever yeah. like that latex looking creepy thing yeah there's so much iconic stuff in that movie that's just like scene after scene after scene like jesus this movie really did just like for for 1984 when it came out like it really was just this amazing tour de force for and if you've ever there's like a a four-hour documentary on the entire series but uh if you only watch the the the, uh, the part about the first one which i think is like the first hour of it what they went through to get that movie made is just incredible. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, if and obviously, you know, unless they release it again in theaters, um, you know, if you get a chance, 
go see it on the big screen. If actually, you know what? Let me just say this: if you see a movie that you dearly love but have never seen it on the big screen and it's gonna get a revival playing somewhere, yeah, go see it because you'll. That's you'll why walk I try. To, I, I try to hit those Cleveland Cinema ones because like there's times where, you know. But with like we saw the Warriors in the theater. Like, what am I going to you know get the yeah. chance to see? Like the they had the director's cut or the final cut of Blade Runner. This was a couple of years ago. It's like go see that. You know, like right. like the or I mean for me those were important films that I wanted to go see in the theater. Like uh, they've shown Alien and Aliens. Yeah, and it's like well I went to know, Aliens with you. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just like I, I was so enraptured no, in that movie. No, I just remember I was really drunk for Alien, so I think I slept half through that movie, and that was <laughs> bad of me. But yeah, no, yeah, Aliens. Like that, even though we've I've watched that movie enough to to know it by heart, to see it in the you know on the big screen is worth it. You know, yeah. so yeah, absolutely. The only thing that annoyed me was is at the beginning of it, uh, there was like a title card that said, you know, uh, don't fall asleep, stay stay after for something special. And I was like, ooh, cool. Maybe there'll be an interview with, like, you know, Robert England, or yeah. maybe there'll be, like, some sort of, like, title card that's, like, you know, Robert England will return, return or yeah. something. So I was like, I can't wait to see what, what this is. <laughs> the whole movie, I'm like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And it literally was, like, an ad for, like, get 10% off at Hot Topic with your movie <laughs> ticket. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Craving a good deal, step on over to Hot Topic. Like, seriously, <laughs> you could have just thrown that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, you could have. I yeah. mean, it, it's there's short credit sequence anyways. It's not like today where you got to sit through <laughs> ten minutes, but like, uh, and I try to sit through credits anyways just to acknowledge the people who've made those movies. But <laughs> I was just like so mad. I was like, we're slashing prices over at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. Which, but the same offer every time of buy one get one half off. It's always they never change. Like you know, <laughs> like yeah. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, all right. I've um, left uh, ten minutes for our topic uh, today. Yeah, yeah so. no, we'll 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 burn through news because who cares about that? So let's, let's <laughs> get to some news. Good news, everyone. So on the topic of uh, streaming and, and, and services and all this, and this will tie into our main topic as well, Hulu has announced that they're working with Marvel because uh, Disney was going to have a majority share in Hulu after the Fox deal goes through, uh, which originally people were like, well, why don't they just use Hulu for their, their stuff as opposed to Disney Plus? But Disney, knowing that they could get money everywhere, is going yeah. to do this. Uh, they're, they greenlit something that they're calling The Offenders kind of as a joke towards the, the Netflix series, the, the, the four series that came together to be The Defenders. So they're uh, greenlit four animated series that are a little bit more risque that don't that wouldn't fit under Disney Plus, and I think this is kind of them testing the waters of doing more of the like not adult but like grittier Marvel stuff and kind of still making it because there's an audience for it definitely, but keeping it off of Disney Plus. Uh, so they've announced uh, what were the four: Howard the Duck, uh, Modok. Um, uh, Hit Monkey, which Steve and I b- both have never heard of, uh, and, and Tiger and Dazzler. So they're all getting their own animated series that's supposed to converge into something called The Offenders later. So who knows? Yeah, I, I just I'm like Modoc. Like we live in a world like I wouldn't. I don't know. When I was a kid, like you know, the closest we got to like what we have today was like The Incredible Hulk. You know, on trial, on trial, like <laughs> where Daredevil was in the episode, or you know, we're in a world now where there's going to be a Modoc animated series. Like, yeah, it's 
kind of mind blowing to think the way entertainment's made. And, and Hit Monkey, because we all know that character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, Howard the Duck made sense. Yeah, because um, like, I think making animated Howard the Duck, as long as it's if, is, is exactly like the USA series uh, Duckman. As long as it, is it Duckman? That was what it's called, just right? Re- it's repurposed a, episodes of Duckman. Duckman yeah, starring uh, George uh, Alexander. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander have uh, yeah. <laughs> George George for Seinfeld, Jason Alexander's have him come in and voice uh, Howard the Duck, but it's actually just Duck Man. No one would know. It's fine. Um, I think an animated series of that would be fun because you could like because especially Howard the Duck. That's he's always kind of not he's not a fourth wall breaker. I mean he is in the sense you know he. I'd say he's Deadpool before Deadpool. Uh, yes, that's what I was going to get to. So I think you could have a lot of fun with that. Uh, Modok, I'm sure. If you have like you know the villain that's like I just I feel giant head yeah that's his whole gimmick like I almost wish the Aqua Teen Hunger Force guys were just making the Modok show because you know just be (laughs) it would just be batshit crazy Um, and then the Hit Monkey um, I it's just it's this one sounds like it's going to be tongue in cheek but also kind of awesome where it says the brief description here is Marvel's Hit Monkey tells the the tale of a wrong Japanese snow monkey mentored by the ghost of an American assassin hopefully it's an American ninja assassin. As he cuts a wide swath <laughs> through Tokyo Underworld in his darkly cinematic and brutally funny revenge saga. So it feels like it's going to kind of be like a John Wick, but with like a monkey. And yeah. I'm kind of, as long as it's like, keeps that like, you know, gritty, like, you know. like Wick, but with a I'm monkey. Like, yeah, you know. Um, uh. Wick monkey. I don't know. Uh, I, I could get behind that. That could be kind of fun. And then uh, you got Dazzler. Dazzler's coming into something. I don't know. Um, well, it's Tigra in and Dazzler, Dazzler, which. Yeah. Tiger was always, if my recollection's correct on the way she looked, wasn't she like she just looked like she wore like a cat suit? Like I don't, I don't even really remember. She I was an Avenger bad. for a while, right? I, I maybe I just okay. I, for some reason I'm just like oh Tiger. I'm like isn't that part of He Man? I don't know, but like, uh, <laughs> uh, like Dazzler, I get like especially if they're gonna play at the disco angle and like. Well, it says here that they're about two woke superheroes, so it makes me feel like they're gonna be they're gonna kind of play up the whole like they're always on like. The, I, I don't know. Like I, I don't want to say social justice, like because I feel like that is like a like a negative commentary. They're going to be woke in the sense of, like they're constantly aware of their surroundings and they're yeah. they also kind of have powers. But if she's still kind of like this disco kind of thing, I don't know. I think it, it obviously it's going in with the sar- like a, not sarcastic, but definitely more. All of these are comedic, yeah. and um, I, I'm okay with that. Like I feel like the Marvel whatever conglomeration of what they offer the humor part's always been kind of there for a lot of this. So sure. Just get, get weird with it. That's fine. Um, so I'm sure like either this will, whatever series comes first. Um, and we just will mention here, Howard, the ducks um, supposed to be, uh, being written by Kevin Smith. Um, so which that'll tie into what we're gonna talk about later. We didn't even talk about what our topic is. We just made the joke at the beginning of the episode. And yeah. We didn't tell them, um, no one even knows. Uh, so yeah, it could be, you know, it could be fine. I, I just also like the idea that, uh, with with um no with Disney saying well, we can still release this content I think it's them I think it's good that they're acknowledging Dipping that they're their toe in the water of- yeah just being like because I think it would be a disservice to the uh, like how Marvel can tell all these different stories yeah that then to be like well now we have almost all the characters back but we got to make it as everything's PG thirteen and it's like I don't think not that you need to have um everything be R rated but 
if it fits its place, it should fit its place. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, I I only started to laugh when you said that only because you said which could be fine because like that's always seems to be like the go to in our discussion where you're like I don't know could be fine like it's never yeah. like you never go beyond that it's never like it's gonna be great or well, it could because, be great yeah because like, I, I feel like we just don't know <laughs> I, so it could be fine I, you know, you're right like, if it's if you it's talk my, about it like you know like a, it's an IRS auditor it like, could be fine it could be it could be I don't know we could we'll the find whole, out could just shut the bed but it could be fine uh, <laughs> so we'll see I because Hulu already has um, the Runaways on there that's something they've they've co-produced with Marvel and Disney. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if everything eventually gravitates towards that. Like for because I know Disney Plus is supposed to have specific Marvel shows, but those are like the stuff that's tied more to the movies. But if you have more of the offshoot stuff here, like eventually if Cloak and Dagger and I don't even know if they're available on Hulu. I know that Freeform's doing that one. But like you have um what was it, the Gifted and Legion and all that with FX. Um yeah, I think this would be the the better a better avenue for that. Listeners, keep this in mind for a future episode because I'm going to pitch a future game because we always end with a game. But I think we should uh, we should come up with like television shows for like the mo- the like the biggest B list characters that we can find <laughs> within all of fandom. Like you know, I mean, for God's sakes, I-, I love Batman, but they're doing an Alfred Pennyworth show now. Like <sighs> yeah. you know, like. Yeah. Who's left? Like, I think we should go through and like figure out like, and then write TV pitches for them. Like, <laughs> like I want to, I want burn one right now. What was the name of the robot in the Fantastic Four cartoon? Herbie. Herbie. Yeah. 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 Her- Herbie needs to get his own uh, yeah, series. But you know, you got to come up with like a concept for it. Like, you know, where like he had to move into uh, an apartment that was only for females, so he's got to dress as a female robot <laughs> to get in and out. Yeah, I mean, you, definitely because you know, robots are they're gender specific. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to write a pitch for it. Oh, it's Sherby. Like, no, I just, whatever. Um, anyway, so, yeah, well, like, so we'll see. I, I'm hoping, again, like, with anything that we, we hear about being announced, this is, like, really early on. Um, I think them calling their shot of having this all come together, something called The Offenders. Yeah. I know it's a joke towards Netflix with The Defenders, but... I think also whenever Netflix announced the plan of having those four shows wrap up in the Defenders, it they couldn't diverge if like like let's say I don't know if Iron Fist didn't do so hot like you you had to you had to bring him in like yeah. you know so I don't know if calling your shot of a like a, of a, a fifth show that has yet to be determined is the right move even though it is a funny joke. Yeah. So, but yeah, I like who, who else from like, from this, uh, this weird part of the Marvel universe should get a show. Like, uh, was it four Bushman? Wasn't that the one that was always oh, in the, geez, what the, yeah. um, I feel like slapstick that before he became another Deadpool lookalike would be fun. Cause he was just basically like an animated clown. Like he was a living cartoon character. Um, no one remembers slapstick, but I guess he, I, was, I, yeah. I, uh, was it Rocket Racer, the uh, Spider-Man? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a kid wearing like yellow and red, and he just had like rocket-powered roller skates. Yeah. yeah. Like um, for a long time uh, until they killed him off, and I think Hush uh, in Batman, there was a, a character named Harold who was like a uh, he looked like um, uh, a little bit like the um, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame kind of, but he was brilliant or whatever. So like. <laughs> You know, I mean, do a show about him, but it's like Criminal Minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, there you go. So, um, yeah. Um, so that's coming. It could be fine. As Steve has corrected. Like I, I will say that. So it could be fine, or it could be terrible. I don't know. Um, so we'll, this is my prediction. It could be fine. It could, it could be. be terrible. See that way. Whenever whatever happens, I'm right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've I've learned my lesson from uh, like 
telling people what I think is about to happen and being completely wrong about so it. So I realize I'm derailing us again, but like I think the reason that I pick on the word fine is is that my wife uh, very early on taught me that fine does not mean fine, and I don't mean this in like a oh women thing. Like I just mean that like I, when I say things are fine, that's just what it means to me. And yeah. she's like. She's like, yeah, it's never really fine when I say it's fine, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh a, no, it I, like it's it's thing. unfortunate for me that whenever I'm like kind of kind of bent about something, everyone's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. It's like it's not. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. So um, yeah, it's you're right. But with but in this context is like it could be it could be perfectly okay. It could be it could be <laughs> fine. Um, I'm not being passive aggressive about Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> no, and, just and, what I hear, and yeah. I always just think back to that. I'm like, is it really fine? No. <laughs> It's just a trap. <laughs> yeah. So next story, and this is something I'm not fine about. Um, it doesn't even make sense. It's just more of more of a just a commentary. So DC this year, they're clearly they, listening to us. They are. You know, like like they're just all like, yeah, talking bad about Marvel some more. No, uh, <laughs> um, they declared that 2018 is the year of the villain, and I call bullshit on that because we've had the year of the last couple years, two and a half, a year and a half, because I know the year of the Western didn't quite come together until the last three months of that year. But I feel like they heard our gimmick of calling whatever the year of. Yeah. And even though that my idea is completely original and I've, no one's ever declared the year of something before me, I don't like that DC took that from us. Like we, it's the year of Canon, not the year of the villain. Like, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's Canon villains. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, but I don't think that's the case. So, uh, they, so they, the big thing is that they're, they're talking about this now, which I'm like, also you're announcing this in February. You think you would have teased the year of the villain in December. That's just a thought. Um, there's a well, lot of stuff that they're teasing for free comic book day. I was going to say, yeah, those. aren't those all like, uh, cause maybe they had to wait on, cause I feel like free comic book day stuff doesn't start ramping up until around now anyway. Yeah. And there's some stuff going on with, I know, I know you're the big Batman guy and I know, I don't know how much of, if you read any of Batman metal at all i um, haven't actually the last like most recent run i i read was uh um oh, court of owls and uh death of the family okay. so like i'm probably three four years behind now well evidently the batman who laughs because it's a joker thing you know he's he's moved on like so like i feel like dc did this thing where they threw like seven different batmans against a wall and was like yeah which will be the popular one and then the batman who laughs has been the one that's been the breakout so of course they're bringing him back for more maybe he's an interesting character but i'm like it's just a batman that's a joker i don't know like yeah i i don't know that much about him i will say that uh i think it was when we were at uh the dark x fest convention there was somebody who did a really good cosplay of it no no yeah they did a good cosplay Um, of it um i've seen some some people do some like commission fan art of the batman who laughs and it's like it's a cool looking design but it's just like i don't i don't know anything about it i mean there's been maybe maybe i'm wrong and i probably am there's been plenty of really cool character designs for characters that really have nothing going on for them so you know i just maybe the batman who laughs is interesting i know i was much more interesting in the white knight uh, limited series where they had the Joker become sane, quote unquote, and become the protector of Gotham, like through like uh, public office. It kind of like I don't know if his long con was to drive Batman nuts because he's like, no, 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 I, I got it, we're good. Like you can go away now. <laughs> but I like that idea a lot more of like, the, like, yo, no, 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 I'll protect the city. You have no job now. Like that would have to burn up Batman and be like, wait, you're doing this now? Like you know. Yeah. Um. So that that would have been interesting to me. And maybe the Batman who laughs is cool. But anyway. There's a lot of big teases for the year of the villain. I guess there's a new uh, City of Bane storyline that's starting up, which is just a bunch of like you know people just 
popping venom and getting roided up and just attacking people. Probably not. Um, they're all they're all making people watch Batman and Robin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you know Bane is one of those characters who I feel is similar to Doomsday in the sense that like both those characters were. I don't. I mean, I don't know that Bane technically was created specifically to break Batman, but I, I feel like both of them are characters who like had one specific purpose and have never gone beyond what that purpose was. Now at this point, because like yeah. you can't. There's nothing more that they can do to those characters. Like there's nothing. Doomsday can't kill Superman again without there, with even if he does, there'll be no consequence to it. At least with Bane, like when they portrayed him, portrayed him in the Arkham games. Even though the first one you had to fight him, like the second time you ran into him, it was more like you cut a deal with him because you're in Arkham City. And it's like if you help him with a couple things, like you won't have to worry about him while you're dealing with the rest of like the criminals out there. So it was yeah. like there was more of a conversation of like, okay, fine, I'll do this for you. Just don't don't be an idiot right now. I got too much on my plate type of thing. So that felt like there was more nuance to that as opposed to just big burly angry guy, you know? So maybe that's what they're doing now that he's, they're still leaning into. Cause the whole notion of Bane was that he was supposed to be like out thinking Batman. Like, yeah. you know, so with, with doomsday, <laughs> it was more like, I'm, I don't know who I am, but I'm going to beat that guy up. Bane is the, uh, he's, he's the villain who outthinks Batman by breaking his back. Yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> your legs can't think to walk now, can they, you know? Yeah. Like the Riddler had it wrong the entire time. Don't, don't just don't do riddles. Just go break people's backs. And they'll be like, I have a riddle for you. It's called standing up. Can you solve it? You know? Um, so anyway, um, yeah, curse you DC and you're, you're the villain. You, you know, should act, should talk to us first. All right. Last story. Um, Another comic story. We noticed this when we started putting this together today. Uh, Marvel, uh, we're going back to them again, but this is combining two of our favorite things, Marvel and Star Wars. Yes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still not quite sure I understand uh, the reasoning behind this. I mean, they're doing uh, basically one more issue in the run of the original Marvel Star Wars comics that ran from 77 to, I think, 85 is when they finally stopped publishing. Uh, maybe it was 86, but um, long story short, yeah, there are 107 right. issues in the original run. They're releasing uh, issue 108, which is going to be a one-shot that's going to use characters that were created in that original uh, Marvel run and put them with Luke, Han, and Leia. Um, the biggest one that people will always go to is Jackson, who is the big uh, robot – or I'm sorry uh, – Big Green Rabbit, right? Rabbit. Yeah. I don't know why I said robot. Yeah, whatever. Robot. Robot. Uh, but he's the big rabbit. Um, and he was in two issues, and at the time, he was very much hated. I don't remember anybody who really liked Jackson. Um, but there's been this kind of, I don't know, nostalgia for him, even though he's he's not really a great character. Um, so the big thing like about... Bugs yeah. Bunny, basically, in space. <laughs> I should have took a left turn at Al- Alderaan. Yeah. Uh, um, Alderaan. Al- Alderaan's where you get uh, the drugs to focus. You know, <laughs> it's where you get Al- uh, Adderall. Alderaan. Alderaan. Yeah. Uh, so no. Um, the the interesting thing about this is that the two things to consider is that one, this original comic series when it first came out, it it w- kind of loosely followed the events of the the first three films, yeah. and then it still kept going on. So they kept making up new stuff and it was the first real outlet for this extended universe type of thing. Right. So and I know you know about this. I'm just telling the, the people yeah. that are like they're yelling at me, telling me I'm getting things wrong. Um, so 
that that that's why things got weird, but it kind of had its own thing. So then once, you know, Disney bought Lucasfilm and they, they called everything legends. Now, um, that was the extended universe. It's, it's odd that they're making one more issue of this mythology that they discredited yeah. or not, not, not discredited, but they said that doesn't, doesn't count, count now. Yeah. So it makes you wonder if like, they're going to float this and be like, well, people do kind of like this extended universe stuff. What can we, cause I feel like there's been such pushback on the quote unquote, like original things they've been making. Maybe they're just trying to see if there is the possibility to bring some of this back into canon. Well, there's, they're never going to please everybody. Um, especially Steve for as much as I like that original <laughs> run. Um, there's a lot of stuff in it that just doesn't work. I mean, I, <laughs> there are certain things that happen within the series. Like, if I remember correctly, like after Star Wars ends, they actually have Han pay back Jabba, and then when That's the out script of for Empire him, comes but... back, comes around, they're like, he's on the run still from Jabba because he never paid Jabba off. So they. I don't remember if they like threw it in that like he now owed him for something else <laughs> in the comics, and that's why he's got the price on his head. But they, they had to backpedal a couple times. Um, They're like, "Listen, part of your payment didn't make it on time, so you've been building up interest fees, and you know, job is collecting now on that." Like, and, and I feel like there was at one point a reference to uh, well, there were a lot of references between Darth Vader. And Luke's father being two people. <laughs> like, I feel like there's even like uh, maybe an image at one point of like Luke's father and Darth Vader. I, I don't know. There was a lot of things that they had to buy back later and uh, try to figure their way out of. But, you know, if they put it out and people want to read it and it's fun, great. How was that like the two or three guys putting that together, like the writers of that? Because, you know, it couldn't have been a very big room. They're like, yeah. they're like, hey, did you guys watch Empire? It's like, yeah. They're like. But what do we do now? Like they're like, really? Like they're just like they're, they're probably like, you're kidding me. Like, like, like yeah. So yeah, um, I you know I, it it sounds fine. I don't know if I'll pick it up or not. Um, I'm kind of tempted, but I, I I'll be honest. The allure for me would be there. Are a lot of the artists who worked on that series have passed. But there are a lot of them that are still around. So if it was like, oh, we got Howard Chaykin who did the original adaptation. Okay. If they got him to do it, I'd be far more interested in this. Or um, actually, I think Wills Portacio like got his start like towards the very end of that. So if it was like, oh, we got him for the, this issue, that would be cool. Or yeah. um, uh, well, there's people like Bob McLeod and Tom Palmer and guys who are still working, still great artists that – I would would have liked to have seen them get somebody who was working on it from back in that original run, those who are still with us, and put out that issue because I think that would have more of a feel in line with. I think that's what fair. And, I, and Marvel's been doing this thing recently where they've been adding like one issue to series. Like I picked up uh, what was it like Darkhawk fifty one? Yeah. Like and the, the Darkhawk series ended like you know over ten years ago. But they're like no 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 here's the fifty first issue. It's like oh. Okay, and then the, when you get to the letters page, it's like, well, there was no letters, but if you liked it, let us know. Like, of course, there wouldn't be letters. Like, <laughs> like they've been sending out a stack of like Darkhawk fan mail where it's like, you know, well, they Billy should have just like made up letters. That would have been, been awesome. That would have been great. Been like, dear, dear Paul in Cleveland. Like, I know you've been writing. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah. So anyway, um, we'll see if, if that lands well. I mean, um, with everything that start they're doing with stars right now, I think a lot of it's just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, so that's fair. So um, I think that's a good transition into our topic. Uh, 
Speaking what are of, we an hour in? yeah, we're an hour in. <laughs> well, we had your Florida magical journey to talk about, and then my weekend of nothing. Like that takes up time. It um, does. So, speaking of some, like of, uh, I was going to say something about somebody throwing stuff against the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's see, all right, let's just get to our, get to the feature that we've been teasing. And now for our feature presentation. So we had mentioned that Kevin Smith's going to be writing the new Howard the Duck series for you know Hulu, which is great. Um, and he supposedly started production, or is it just still pre-production on uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob get rebooted or whatever it's called? Yeah, I think it's pre-production at okay. this point. So because there's a lot of times where he's announced things and then they just haven't happened. So yeah. uh, well, he loves to announce things. <laughs> he does love to announce things. Uh, we've talked about this for a while that we wanted to kind of go back and take a look at. Uh, Kevin Smith's like hit, so we'll we'll do like a time and place here in a second, but there was the Clerks animated series that only aired two episodes initially, but there was only six episodes ever made, and it, it's an interesting thing to go back and look at because it was at a unique point of Kevin Smith's career, and it's all it's it's we wanted to see if it still held up, what it did well, and kind of how it was like in front of a lot of things, like it really it was out there before stuff that we take for granted now that has a very similar vibe to it. Yeah. So, um, I know you wanted to talk about this for a while. We've kind of put this in our back pocket as a topic. Why, why did you want to uh, discuss the clerk's cartoon? Um, so, I mean, I think part of it just goes back to, you know, I can't think of another person who I, I identified more with in my twenties than probably Kevin Smith. Like, uh, 20 years ago, he was the guy that I was like, oh, my God, he's he's writing about stuff that like no one else is writing about. You know, he's making, you know, for instance, Mall Rats is, you know, one big comic book reference after another. But like you had to be in the know for some of that stuff. Like it wasn't like general audience stuff. I think a lot of the jokes that he was making, mm-hmm. like, I think it had a specific appeal to particularly guys my age. Um, and there were a lot of women who are fans as well. Um, but, uh, um, it's an interesting, the, the clerk's cartoons, an interesting diversion, um, because it's definitely not what either of the two films that we we've had clerks in now. Um, it's a completely separate tone. It's, it's a Simpsonized version, I think was probably the best way of putting it of these characters. Yeah. Um, but it, it it's an interesting look simply because he's somebody who, for a very long time, uh, I don't want to say that like he hit it all out of the park because I know he's got his detractors as well. But like up until probably Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, I loved pretty much everything that he did. Yeah. So like a little bit of place setting here. So Clerks was ninety four. Mallrats was ninety five. Chasing Amy was 97. Dogma, which is still, I think, my favorite of his, uh, 99. Um, and then and then the Clerks cartoon was out in 2000. And then Jay and Silent Bob 2001. So, yeah, like, through all of that, like, you know, I was like, this, he keeps, like, you know, hitting it. Like, in terms of, like, I enjoy all his stuff. And I felt like he was growing as a filmmaker, especially with Chasing Amy. And then Dogma. I think Dogma was still, like, his biggest, like, production at the time. Because there's a lot of names associated with that. And it did a lot of different things. Um, so for clerks, which was a small movie that he, uh, he basically kept calling credit card companies and faking being his own boss to get approved for credit lines to shoot this little tiny black and white comedy like that. It, 
it holds up now for the things that you say for the dialogue. Like, cause the acting isn't great in it. Uh, it, the comp- I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I, I it, think- it's okay. I'm not saying like, I mean, it, you know, cause you had like, it's, it's, it's an independent film. Yes. Like that's, I mean, wait, 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 it's fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. But it's like, you don't like seeing this black and white lower budget film. Yeah. Um, the performances are, they're, they're, they're perfectly serviceable and, uh, there's chemistry amongst the, the cast there. Definitely. Uh, but you could definitely tell this is someone's first movie and it's a very low budget film. Yeah. And some of that doesn't ever age very well, but I just still the, the, argue that that's some of the charm of that movie. I, I agree with you. So. I, I, I'm not, but I'm just saying the dialogue in that still holds up pretty well because it's, because it's the back and forth. And that just shows you that like a script can go a lot further than a budget can. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was this time there in like the mid nineties where even though clerks was like the first, maybe not the first big one, but you you had this like sea change of what people were finding and and um you know the Weinstein company which was what was it New Line then it wasn't New no, Line it was no Miramax Miramax sorry why might sorry getting this mixed up but Miramax was taking chances on these other projects and they were kind of hitting pay dirt with it right so like this and then um I think wasn't Reservoir Dogs also Miramax um, yes yeah like the well, Tarantino like, stuff uh yeah. you know there was the there was Clerks there was um. Rodriguez with uh, uh, El, El Mariachi. El Mariachi. Yeah. Um, and while it wasn't a Miramax film, at least I don't think it was, uh, surround, making a film based in like either a room or with, um, I don't want to say smaller settings, but like I think of like uh, the Wachowskis' first film, uh, film or Wachowskis or Wachowskis, I'm not sure. The Wachowskis, yeah. Um, Bound, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've not seen it. I, I, that I, is... Yeah set in one room like there were a lot of these people who were doing things that were either set very in a uh on a small scale or at least within limited settings mm-hmm. and what was getting you through a lot of these stories was great writing great great acting mm-hmm. um and great direction as well um but like of this this period that was sort of the way to kind of showcase that you could do these things and maybe get a bigger budget later for Kevin Smith. It was never really about that though. I don't think, I think it was just about, he was a writer who directed, I think was kind of, yeah, because he kind of came from that whole point of like, if I want to make this, like, I don't have much, I, you know, I only have so much money and so much manpower. I'm going to have to do this stuff as well. So I think that's, and so, so when clerks, I I remember like kind of when it finally, like when it hit, like there was this like interesting thing of everyone, like, this is a comedy for us because it's, it's the people working at the stores. It's the people yeah. working at the video store and it's like the day to day annoyances of, you know? Yeah. And so like, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful little film. I just saying that, you know, it, it's time and place, you know, um, and clerk, sorry. And mall rats is a step up from that. Like a little bit, like in terms of like production, he made a point to show that he could actually direct, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then chasing Amy was like his big stab at like, I want to do a comedy, but it's going to have, a serious, like, you know, dramatic bent to it at times. And you're going to, you're going to feel feels for this. And then dogma was just him taking the piss out of the Catholic church, which was wonderful. But so clerks, the cartoon, uh, you're right. It is, it is not that movie. Um, but I also feel like he, he realized that like the premise of clerks, even though he went on to make clerks two later, and there's probably reasons for that in the sense of his other films that he ended up making with lesser success that he went back to making another clerks film. I feel like he was ready to be like, well, I can, I can divest and, and make different things and have fun with this and be more cartoony. 
because there was hints of that in Clerks, right? Like the whole um, the whole hockey game on top of the roof. Like that's that's kind of mm-hmm. stupid and like in a fun way. And then the whole um, omitted funeral scene that they only talked about. I know they shot it later, but well, they like, didn't shot it shoot it later. They actually that's the last thing I think they did in this specific style on the Clerks Ten uh, DVD release, which was three discs at the time. Um, they animated the lost scene, yeah. Um, which is funny. It's a great watch, and it's cool to see because it's done just like it, just like the animated series. It's okay. the same. Um, I think it's Chris Bailey who did the designs for the the, the animated series. I believe he also did the short. Um, and it's voiced by all the actual actors. Okay. Uh, my one argument after watching it is like, yeah, it was funny, but like in retrospect, them just cutting away from. A funeral of them running away from a funeral, not knowing exactly what happened, is funnier. It's funnier. Yeah. yeah. So. so, um, so yeah. So this this the series existed, and, and reading about how it kind of came to be, and about how they shopped around to like all these networks that said no, because uh, it's just I don't think anybody got it. And also, like when watching the six episodes, there is a whole smattering of different things going on with it. I'm not saying. I mean, I still enjoy the series a great deal, but. Um, every episode's a little different from the last, yeah. like, and, and, uh, and in a good way, but it's like, how do you sell this like vision whenever all six of the things that you have, have had made don't really like none of them, like I mean, there's callbacks throughout the whole thing, but stylistically, like what they go for each, each episode is way different. Yeah. And maybe, maybe this has more in line with like community than it does. Like, other other animated shows where it would just go off in a lark where community would be like, we're going to, this is going to be our paintball action movie episode. This is going to be our, our Halloween episode. That's kind of a takeoff on a night of living dead, but it's, you know, like they purposely would kind of call it the genre as they're doing it. I mean, the other one that comes to mind and I know that you're a great fan. Have you ever watched spaced? I have not seen, I've seen, I saw the first episode. I know it sounds like okay. a weird thing to say, but so yeah. listeners for future reference. Now I'm going to make Paul watch space and we will talk about space at some point. Cause it, I think my wife owns it. I just, okay. I haven't, I, you uh, know, we're, yeah. we're going to talk about it at some point. So, I'm fine um, with that. I just, I, but yeah. uh, that, that would be my comparison as well okay. for like, was there only six like episodes a, of that? Could I get through? <laughs> uh, I believe there's only 14. Oh, okay. I thought, so, I thought it went, it's British. That 14 is <laughs> like seven years worth of TV, you know? So, so yeah. Um, just going back to, uh, let's go back for a second yeah. here. They announced the show was going to be made. It got a spot on the Super Bowl that year, um, which I think was interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just literally, I think uh, Jay was hitting the... Um, stick of dynamite. Stick of dynamite, yeah. Yeah, it was like the the whoever was the guy at ABC that signed off on the show... Had no idea how to market it. And he thought that was like the thing people would like, like you know, gravitate towards. It's like, no, like it doesn't... <laughs> you know, another thing too is that ABC didn't initially understand that uh, Jay and Silent Bob were drug dealers. And so Which like, I just don't understand like, how you don't get that. Did you not watch Clerks, you know? Like, did you not watch the movie? Right. So then they, they had to kind of tweak it and make them... Firework salespeople because you never see them talking like you never see them dealing drugs. Yeah, they make pretty overt references to them throughout. So I didn't re-listen to the commentaries for. Yeah, this I didn't get episode, a chance to that either. Yeah, but I do remember specifically at one point Kevin Smith mentioning that he was talking to somebody at ABC and referencing like, you know, they're drug dealers, and if you're telling us that we can't do all of these things, why would they buy the show? And he's like. And the guy looked at him, he was a lawyer, he was like, honestly, if they'd have asked me, I'd have told them not to buy the show. <laughs> um, oh. You know, so a lot of it was being their hands being forced by what they could do within the limitations. But at the same time, they knew that they wanted to go crazy with it. Like, th- this show goes from, like, 
taking place in a convenience store to referencing both in large arcs of their story, the Bad News Bears, uh, the Last Starfighter, and, and Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, <laughs> all in one episode. Yeah, like, and it's kind of wonderful how all three of the stories come together. Because <laughs> it, because it's just like, um, so there in the last of of the six episodes, it gets really weird and meta. Yeah, but there's a bit where they cut they cut into the clerk's writing room, and it shows like Kevin Smith and all his his other his partner, um, Scott Mosier. Yes, and they're just like sleeping on the couch, and there's someone whatever like messing around like a like a like someplace drawing, and someone walks in with the Seth MacFarlane like how to write a, like a like a um, <laughs> yeah. cartoon series. He's like, guys, I have some ideas. It's like. That that joke I feel like has aged so much better now. Yeah. Because he was calling out Family Guy, which had gotten canceled at that point. And like it was just funny to see like them like making these references and just calling out like the process. And you said being ridiculous. Like they were kind of that abstract absurd that Family Guy was doing to begin with, and the yeah. people just didn't like, and now we can't get rid of it. Like yeah. so and I don't want to go too far off the map here, at least, like, uh, you know, because there's only six episodes, so I don't want to go too far out of order. But, like, the first episode that aired uh, was actually intended to be their fourth episode. And the ending of that episode is still by far one of the funniest things that I think he's ever done in his career. No, but you're also right. Yeah. One of the funniest things that I've seen in an animated series, like the last two minutes of that episode, I'll let you tell people. Yeah, yeah. What so it is. It, like, we, well, this is a callback to our new segment that you guys heard like two hours ago. Um, we talk about buying like if if Netflix would put out like a like a box set that actually had special yeah. features. Um, even though, like, so if, of course, I have my Clerks DVD collection. It says exclusive two disc collection, which, let's be honest, it could have fit on one disc. It I don't could've. know why. Because I, I was like, oh, it's an entire season. And then when I watched it, I'm like, there's only six of the episodes. <laughs> um, but this, they they called it Clerks Uncensored. And even though the episodes were all made for broadcast, and they're all like PG 13 at best. Like yeah. um, the, the other stuff surrounding this is very foul and very yeah. on purpose to kind of be like, this has to be uncensored. And there's this whole little frame story about James and Bob at their palatial estate, Hollywood estate introducing the episodes. And it, it's like, it's this little story that's being told through all six episodes. And eventually you find out they're actually at, um, Oh, the actor is Randall, Jeff um, Anderson, Jeff, his house. And he's yelling at them to clean up his yard. And that's like, <laughs> like, so that's a little trailing thing. So anyway, so on the set, um, I had not actually watched the series until I, I bought it blind at like a, like a Camelot music or something. That's probably not right. But like, a like a music, like a Sam Goody or something. Right. Yeah. And so the fourth episode, which involves, uh, this whole big uh, court trial because uh, Randall like caused uh, some soda to spill in the store and uh, Jay slipped and fell and and Randall egged him on into suing Quick Stop and Dante and it becomes this whole thing. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. What I also yeah. love about that. So actually, yeah. let me step back for a yeah. second. Did you watch it when it aired? No. Okay, so I did. So that's what I'm saying. I did not know what this fourth episode was. So I'd watched the previous three in order the way they're supposed to be. Okay. And it was a good time. But then when this one hit and the ending hit, I lost my goddamn mind. Cause it was amazing. And yeah. I like, there's a, this the part sorry. I, I know we keep front selling it, but um, I can't believe that this is the one they put out first because there were still callbacks in that episode from the first three. Yeah. You know, like the whole uh, Dante always being remembered in flashback by Randall as being the biggest idiot yeah, ever. ever. Yeah, so they get to what happens is they get to the verdict. 
uh, like the, they're about to find Dante, you know, like he's going to be like, With find all this money. The honorable Judge Reinhold. Yes. And the fact that it's Judge Reinhold, Reinhold. voicing him yeah. I'm gonna is allow amazing. It. Yeah. Um, which he actually ended up doing that in Arrested Development later, if you Did remember. He? Yeah. I uh, forgot about that. Yeah. It was, um, what was it? Uh, the, what was the name of the show? Mock Trial with Judge Reinhold. <laughs> yeah. And they had, uh, they had, uh, oh, that kid from, uh, um, American Idol, the one that, um, the one that couldn't sing, but he went on to have uh, William Hung. Yeah, he was like part of the house band, so it was him singing this theme song for for a mock trial with Judge Reinhold, and it was like in the had Judge Reinhold being judge. So Clerks was ahead of his time. Uh, they about to drop the verdict, and then all of a sudden, this this title card shows up saying that the ending was lost, being shipped overseas. So the Korean animators just made up an ending, and they're like, "Here you go," and it becomes this like like Technicolor nightmare, like anime, just hard turn right of like, you know, and it's like this, like the horrible, like, like I just, it, it's funny, but it's like, it's very, it's very anime. Like with the way they say things like, you know, um, it's big like, American party, you yeah. know, like, you know, if it's like sailor moon pops up. Yeah. And, and at one point there's like, a, like, um, a Pikachu type thing. And you hear someone say Pikachu, please don't sue. And it was yeah. this whole thing, but there's a bit where, um, there's a car that turns into like a, like a transformer or no. And it, it break, it does something. I forget. Like there's a transformer that turns into a car. People get in the car, the car drives away. And then where they get to the Korean animation studio, the car goes to transform back into a robot and you see blood shooting out of it. Cause it crushed the people inside it. And I was like, that's where that I was already laughing previous to that because there's a whole bit where, uh, you know, um, Dante and Randall get into a car and they're like, uh, get into the car. It's like, who's driving car bears driving car. And he's just bear driving in a car. And it's like, how could that be? Like, I, I just, I remember I was laughing so hard the first time I saw that cause I did not expect it. And to know that that was the episode that was aired first Yeah, and it landed like no one cared. I mean, it, what, how could you, how could you convince people to tune in for a second episode when the first one ends with the hard turn in anime with no explanation? And that's the end of your show. Right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And then the one they aired after that makes even less sense. Right. What's interesting too is, is that like, I realized within the first five minutes of watching it when it originally aired that I was going to have to readjust what I thought the show was going to be. Because at this point I'm a diehard Kevin Smith fan. And I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, the the sex talk, the swearing, the drug dealing. I, I kind of knew that, but I didn't know how far afield it was going to go. So once I realized that, like, it opens with a joke about them doing open heart surgery and then like going and running and trying to do open heart <laughs> surgery and then the guy waking up in the middle of the procedure and them running away, like, yeah. I realized that, like, oh, this is going to be way different from what I was anticipating. And once I got over the notion, I enjoyed it. But by the time I got to that ending, that first episode, I was in tears. Like, <laughs> I have joy, right? Yeah, okay. I was like, just like, I was. This is not la- my clerks. No. no, I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I can't believe how genius this ending is. Um, but then, like, it did nothing. No. And I remember him going on, like, wherever he could go on to talk at that time. Um, like, I feel like he was on Howard Stern. He was on a couple other things. Like just trying to get people to watch it because ABC at this point was had already decided they didn't want it mm. and they were just killing it essentially and I think that's a big part of the story we should talk about too is they went from having a Super Bowl ad to being moved to right after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire 
yeah. on like a Tuesday or something. Yeah, well, and then, and, then, and then the second episode, which was the last one they aired, was the the second episode of the series, which it is just it, it's taking the piss out of clip shows where you have them locked in a freezer and then they're like, oh, remember the time this happened? And the first part of the callbacks is from the first episode, episode. of the series that was never aired. So even though I'm sure if you just watch the episode by itself, you would get the joke that some of the stuff's being repeated, but it it wouldn't make much sense. Right. Like, and um, yeah, there's just, and then, cause then, then the joke becomes, how do you do a clip show your second episode and then reference the first episode over and over again? And then it spirals out further and they start referencing things that had never happened or we never saw. Right. Like that, that's the whole joke of like, we're going to show you clips from things that we never actually have done or shown you. Um, I think one of my favorite jokes in that episode, and it's, it's wrong because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it, God, I I'm almost like stuttering saying it. It's it, it, it's a um a, a Nazi slash uh, well, no, they're Auschwitz talk, joke. It, I mean, yeah, no, they're, 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 they talk about they're in the video store and they're like, "Do you want to watch a Flintstones list?" Well, that's what I yeah. like. Is he's like, "Hey, we can watch this," and he hands it to to Dante, and he's like, "Flintstones list." He's like, "We're not watching this." And then he's like, "Hey, remember when we watched watch this? this?" And then it cuts to oh, like like an animated sequence of like sh- it's bad. Like it's and he, yeah. he you know Randall describes it as uh, Spielberg's uh, nose for commercial properties and his desire to chronicle the Holocaust. <laughs> and it was kind of pitch perfect because, like, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> as much as I love Spielberg, he does have these two sides where he does fun adventure movies and, and then, then these message movies, yeah. you know. And then and this was both, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it just like so not actually seeing an error and coming into it and watching it in the order in which it was intended. If you know, I feel like I was much more prepared for like how silly it gets. Cause I mean, the first episode's still pretty silly because you know, Leonardo, Leonardo, who is voiced by Alec Baldwin well before people, I think realized that he was capable of like such like good humor, like line yeah. reading humor. Uh, he modeled after Alan Rickman cause they wanted him to come back and play the character. And he was like, no. And then, and then they brought Alec Baldwin. They're like, well, this guy looks like Alan Rickman. Like, fine, that's fine. We'll just use his like likeness and having him open a quicker stop right across the way. It's like, you knew, like this, this thing was going to be ridiculous, yeah. you know? And, and so it, you know, it was fun and I enjoyed it. And, and Jay and Silent Bob sell fireworks. fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, but then they, I like how they come in and say, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be across the street, like at the quick, basically saying that that's now the future. We're going to yeah. be over there. And, and Randall's like, we don't care like this whole thing. But then there's also these segments too at the end of the episodes. And it's not every one of them cause there's only six, but they do almost like, um, I don't know what the art style is. It makes me think of like Ren Stimpy, like the, the title cards for like their, mm-hmm. like their fun with science. And there's a running joke through all that too, that if you didn't watch them in order, it wouldn't be as much fun because they're supposed Jane Silent Bob show up to help kids with science, like simple science things. But Charles Barkley keeps showing up and then like, so Jay keeps like telling him to go away and threatens him. And at one point they beat him up. Like, and what I love, and they about got Charles that, Barkley to do the voice of Charles Barkley. What I love about that too is, is that like, Somebody had the thought of like we can get Charles Barkley to do an episode, and they're like, "No, wait, we could just write one little thing for him for like a bunch of episodes." <laughs> so he's in almost. It's like he's an unofficial cast member in a way. Yeah, like he pops up at the end of the one that I mentioned earlier. That's a last far- Starfighter's um, Indiana Jones. There's a, there's a star there's a Star because Wars there's joke. A star Wars yeah. Ro- yeah. Uh, joke with them looking at. Uh, 
the 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 visage of uh, Luke. I'm sorry, uh, Obi Wan and Yoda. Yeah, like in ghost form, and then the ghost Charles Barkley shows up, <laughs> so, and they dismiss him, and he's like, "Oh," because he's like, he's like, "High five and they just look away. And he's yeah, like, that's cold, Yoda. Yeah, and it's like so stupid, but great. Um, so it sounds like we're just rambling about a bunch of nonsense, and Which we kind of are. Usually, what uh, we do. Yeah, you know, it's, that's that's our show. Um, but I liked this, and I liked that. Yeah, and and everything else was fine. Uh, so. Point of reference for this. So this thing obviously, you know, wasn't successful and eventually got released on DVD, which I'm sure that's where it's kind of found its following. Yeah. Like, um, and so just like point of reference though, with this, it came out and I had this, our, the original release date on this, where was the original air date? Um, I feel like it was in May. This is May, May 31st, 2000, right? So I was like, this kind of humor where there's like a lot of non sequiturs and a lot of oddball, a lot of genre breaking. I was like, this feels like this was tailor made for Adult Swim. This is what this feels like. This could have belonged with it. And I was like, well, was this was Adult Swim around like when this was airing? Uh, Adult Swim actually came out the next year. Like, so it actually oh, debuted the next year. This would have been perfect. For this it. would have been perfect for. It. And then Comedy Central ended up showing Clerks like yeah. the cartoon. But I feel like like Kevin Smith like this is. <laughs> he was actually in front of something like, I'm not saying he was never not in front of something, but it's like, he kind of, you know, was like, I want to make this low budget film. That's going to be like, you know, for me, it's going to be funny. And that, he, you know, he, he couldn't know that he was in like on this wave of like, you know, independent filmmaking. Yeah. But with this, it's like, he actually had a little bit of success and was like, I want to do this and make it absurd. And he was out in front and it just, and it was the wrong network, the wrong support system, you know? So, like it's crazy to think looking at how these episodes are and then watching something like C Lab where that show just goes batshit crazy every single episode in a different direction and they're not that far away from each other. Well also, um, you know, we've talked a lot about Kevin Smith, but um there were some other people behind the show that I think definitely need to yeah. get acknowledged. Uh, there's Dave Mandel who was a writer on Seinfeld. Um, he, I believe, did the Bizarro episode and a handful of other um, Seinfeld episodes. But um, one of the things I love about listening to him on the commentary is that one of his favorite things, and I think this is such a like a writer thing, is, is that he's of the belief of like doing something until it's no longer funny and then doing it one more time <laughs> because it becomes hilarious after that. Yeah. And that runs throughout this show an awful lot. Um, there's a lot of things where you're like, why are they doing this again? But by the 10th time they do it, you're like, I can't believe they're doing this again. This is so ridiculously <laughs> stupid that it's funny. Um, but he was a, he was a big part of it. Um, and then Chris Bailey, who went on to, I believe, do all the designs for Kim Possible, which was a very yeah, popular right. yeah, show yeah, yeah. Uh, for for kids uh, 20 years ago. And it's, I think it's actually now being made in a live-action movie. Is. Yeah. Um, it sounds a, like I'm a Kim Possible fan. I'm, I don't know, but I just read stuff. You know, like. <laughs> um, he's a huge part, particularly when you think it, look at the design of the show. Mm -hmm. And I also thought that that was one of the things that was really interesting about the show is, is that there was nothing else that looked like it because they, they, A, had to try and stick close to at least the characters and the um, looks of the actors. Yeah. But beyond that, I can't think of another show at that time that had that very... Uh, there's almost an angularity to all the designs, with the exception of Jay. Jay is very circular when you look at the way he's drawn. Yeah. Um, and I think that's to young him up. And they talk about that in the commentary, that, like, that Jay... 
when they were trying to interpret him artistically, kept getting more and more like grotesque. And Kevin Smith was trying to explain to him, like, you got to go in the reverse. Yeah. Like his nature is that he's this sweet guy who says these awful things. So like Jay's probably gotten the like cutest, if you will. Yeah, no. He's got the most like. But it helps with a lot of like his blank like looks and statements. Like they'll say stuff and he'll be like, what? Like after, like it's just, there's a lot. And credit to Jason Mewes as well, which I like, I, I, Kevin Smith unlocked his potential for how to like, cause I know when they were shooting dogma, like Jason Mewes didn't really take everything seriously until that point, wherever Kevin Smith's like, we're having an Alan Rickman here. And so then Jason Mewes like, was like, I can't screw up in front of this like legitimate actor. So he actually memorized the script and everybody's Everything's, parts. Yeah. You know, so, so when you get to this cartoon, it's like, he's already like, he, there, there's bits where his voice is a little raspy. And that's like, I know that that was like, I don't know what's going on, but that's the take they got, you know, yeah. but, but he had such good timing and some of the stuff that he was able just to say, it was like, uh, so great. You know, one of my favorite line readings of, uh, of Jay's and it's so stupid. They're him and Jay and him and he and Simon Bob are riding away on a motorcycle or no, it's a moped. Yeah. And it's going like five miles of oh, uh, something. It's like a crawl. It's, yeah, yeah. It's crawling. And it's just like, uh, you feel that in your face, Silent Bob? <laughs> Woo! And like just the image of him or the image of it like crawling across the screen and him like screaming is just, uh, it made me laugh. It makes me laugh every time I see it. Yeah. So I, um, I think a lot of the humor has like, though, the, though I will say that there's this, like this shotgun ratio of like, they just joke, 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 joke. So some of it's kind of like, nah, like toss up, yeah. but what, what works still works. I, though I think some of the, um, how do I, how do I get around that? Like, so Randall is a character in, in the movies too. He just will just say things just to get a rise out of people. Right. But there is some crudeness and, and things that they get, that they say in this cartoon that I don't know if I thought about it when it, when I first watched it, but it has not aged well in light of how, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, just a lot of, not even, not even like slur, but, misappropriation I, I think of, I know where you're going of homosexual yeah. like talk like even in the what was it, the last episode whenever like it, they're making the the conscious decision to keep everything in the quick stop because they're like we're going to bring it back to the way it was because everybody's like yelling supposedly about how the, the cartoon's not like the movie um James and Bob keep coming in and talking about this fair across the street and and uh Jay will say oh, it's gay and then he'll pause and be like we're going to go right back like yeah. it was this whole like you're making the joke and then then the joke is that he's like talking shit about it, but then he's still going to go do it. So I, I see what you're doing there. I just don't think it has aged well. Yeah, I mean I and, feel and like Randall even more so. There's things he says you're like, ugh. You know, like, <laughs> uh I, I feel like none of the humor is mean spirited, but at the same time there is uh, an uneasiness to it. In yeah, because I don't think like, I don't think it was written from a, like a position of ill will. Yeah, there, there's the episode where the quick stops under quarantine. It's a thing. Whatever it was, the p- potential Mataba virus, which was yes. all like you know dumb dumb thing Randall had in his head and called the CDC all this. And there's a stealth bomber coming in to bomb Leonardo, New Jersey. And they and Dante has to talk to the pilot, tell him that there's no virus, and it becomes this whole thing of like. 
Randall makes a joke about how Dante's gay yeah. and the pilot of the the plane, which by the way is Brian Cranston. Yeah. I don't know if you've picked up on it this time around. It's like you right know. before Milkman Middle took off, I believe. Yeah, it was like, oh, look at the Heisenberg flying this plane. And he was like, son, if you're honest with me, then you know I won't do this. He's like, it's okay to be gay. And it's like, it's this whole thing. And it's like, you could tell the pilot is being sincere. And then Dante is like, yeah, I am. And that's the joke. Everybody's laughing at him because he has to say this thing. Yeah. And then his dad's like disappointed in him. Like there's this whole thing of like, uh, like, you know, yeah. like, it just, it doesn't land well, you know, I, I, yeah, I, not Cranston's speech. Cause I get what no. they're going for with that, but just the fallout from it was like, yeah, it's kind of, I, yeah. I, it walks in a line that I don't think it, 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 uh, it, particularly with retrospect that I don't think it walks well, no. I guess is the best way of putting it. Um, Having Patrick Swayze supposedly be Patrick Swayze running a pet store, which he really isn't running. He's just working there and it's voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. Now that's funny. Right. <laughs> um, and, and there's, I mean, there's plenty of things in there. Like the fact that like, uh, anytime they they question about anything, it's by two giggling girls. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I thought that was really funny. Um, God, there's, there's so much to like about it, but I will say that, yeah, the, the homosexuality, uh, or not homosexuality, the, well, because even oh, even like the the, the episode fear of uh, not fear of what's the word I'm looking. I it's not it's fear, hard. but it's 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 made a punchline. Yeah, and it, it's like, and that's not like, and you you don't get the vibe like you don't get the vibe that it's done to be like, oh well, we don't we don't dislike, but like whenever the punchline is, ha, huh, you're gay. Yeah, that's not a punchline anymore. Like, right? And, and it's I, like, and, it, it's something that The Simpsons has done in the past, but I think just did far better. Like, for instance. There's that episode where Lisa and um, Nelson are, are, are dating and like the other um, cronies see them kiss. And uh, I think it's Jimbo Jones is like, you kissed a girl. That's so gay. Like, yeah, that that, that, that's 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 the subverting of that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with here, it becomes a little too much that they're stepping on. Even though there's no ill will, just they keep doing well because randall becomes, views it as an insult yeah and, and then then the episode that we talked about with the little league baseball and all this there's this under underlying theme or, or gag uh where because they go to their high school reunion and, and every girl that randall has been with has like has become a lesbian yeah and he doesn't view that as a negative he just views it as like i'm the man that ruined you for all other men so he's yeah. running around like a badge of honor and it's like it's kind of funny but then like but it, but every one of them that turns into a lesbian is like they're shown as like like the butch stereotype, yeah. And it's like that's that 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 makes that that that's the joke. And that, they're all voiced as males, yeah. Which I mean, I'm not saying that's a joke, as in I'm, I find it funny. I'm just saying that that's the punchline they're going for, as yeah. opposed to I like women now. And that's like you could still make that joke of that Randall is such a terrible person that he's convinced people that you know what maybe men aren't aren't my thing. You know, like that I can think is still kind of funny. Yeah. You know, but. Like, yeah, because even at the end when he had the geisha girls that were all turned into kind of butch-looking guys, I think the one talking to him was Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it feels like, I don't know, like, I'm sure he's evolved past that. Like, because I, I, you know, like, even in the film Red State, a lot of that was played for just cringeworthy horror in the first half yeah. of the way the church was reacting to people. So I'm sure if you talk to him about it now, he'd be like, you know, this is, you know, well, I mean, the whole subtext of Chasing Amy is about the fact that, like, you know, 
not only the fact that, you know, this idea of it's not who you love, but how, you yeah. know, um, but there were a lot of people who took the wrong message or like, oh, you're saying that all, you know, women need or lesbians need is a guy to set them straight. And that's kind of the exact opposite of what he was trying to say yeah. with that story. Um, it, it's it's a a line that he's walked a lot of his career and I'm sure there are things that he either probably goes, ah, I could have done that better or falls into because like, you know, the most interesting thing about it is, is that like a lot of people always wondered like, you know, uh, until Jane Silent Bob Strike Back comes out, if the character of Banky and Ch- Chasing Amy is actually gay or if he's just a friend who's having trouble reconciling the fact that his best friend is, he's losing him to, a relationship okay. that's not theirs, um, which was my, always my interpretation of it. And I don't care either way. I don't have like a, but I always just thought it was like, you know, I thought it was very true to life for people who have strong male friendships. And when that friend finally finds somebody and that bond weakens between you two, yeah. the jealousy can erupt. Yeah, that's um, fair. But with it, with Jay and Talent Bob strike back, he kind of just, steals the thunder out from the people who were like making a big deal out of it by just saying, yeah, Banky's gay, like, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's throughout his career and he's talked at length, uh, many times about the fact that like, you know, his brother's gay and like, he's, you know, always been a big supporter of his brother. And like, I don't think there's a, a an ill willed, how do I put this? I don't think there's a homophobic, bone in his body yeah i think that just the way he, or the person he was at the time and probably that writer's room these were the jokes that like and i also think that they, they didn't think about the ramifications right. in terms of like if you know like all oh, this is a joke we think this is funny but there's someone out there whose life is like you know hell on earth and yeah. the, the, simply they're being, because they are gay yeah, yeah. and so like uh, I, and I know we're talking about a six episode cartoon that did like I'm but not trying I, to answer this serious discussion but, no, but watching it again yeah. there, there's bits that I laugh at but there's other bits where I'm just like damn it I don't know how how I feel about this and well it happens to me all the time with 80s movies where yeah. oh yeah like um, I was watching Teen Wolf last year and I hadn't seen it in I don't know how long. And that whole discussion comes up about whether or not he's gay, and like his friend is like almost pleased that he's a werewolf and not gay. Like, yeah. it's 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 really weird. Or you know, Bill and Ted's. You know, they use yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the a uh, 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 cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> That's also something Randall gets into, and it's yeah. like, Ugh, you know, that, that um, joke doesn't work. That's no, one of the few ones no. that I think doesn't work. Well, yeah. So, um, um, but, like, yeah, but the entire time, I'm like, you guys should watch this. This is a pretty funny cartoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, no, I mean, it's it's yeah. complicated. The things that we love, particularly for you know, if you want to say, you know. I don't know. I don't think I can describe myself as woke. I feel like somebody else has to decide that and say, yeah, that's, that guy seems to have a pretty open mind. But like, Steve, you woke. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you're as woke as Tigra uh, and Dazzler. Yeah. That's like... <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that like, I don't know that like, um, yeah, a lot of this wasn't written with, unfortunately with the, the, the eyes that we have now for seeing how, awful things have been. And well, and that, that, when I mentioned that the one guy walks into the writer's room with the Seth MacFarlane joke book, he was yeah. like, let's put our characters in um, like basically a pop culture situations and keep making gay jokes. It was like, he was calling out Seth MacFarlane's yeah. playbook then. And it's like, and now only just a couple weeks ago, 
the people behind Family Guy had to say, yeah, we're, we realize that like times have changed and we were, we're backing away from some of that. And it's like, you've been on for like, it's like what, 20 years now. And it's like, now you realize that your approach needs to be looked at. Like I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting that like that joke lands harder now, but it was like a toss off then, you know, like, um, but I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I, you know, it makes you wonder what could have been. Cause I was reading about some of the other potential plot synopsis that they'd come up with. Some of it seemed like it'd been kind of fun. Like at one point, um, what was it Dante or Randall gets like kit? Like they end up finding kit. That, and, I think it was a genius idea. Yeah. And then the other one gets because jealous. Because it single white female. Yeah. Like it would have had a car stalking. Yeah. Like that would have been fun. Like it, it's like, it's a shame because of the different, um, situations of whoever owns the rights to clerks and this and this and this, there was a couple different reasons why, because Kevin Smith had talked about making an actual clerks animated film and that just didn't happen. Um, like this is something that I feel like, especially now, like maybe you don't need to have like 20 minute episodes, but even if you just had like, like a 10 minute bits on like YouTube or something, this would probably still work really well. Yeah. You know? And, um, I don't know if you get the same voice cast back together. I don't, you're not gonna get Alec Baldwin again to be Leonardo. Right. Leonardo. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think also that, um, you know, it's interesting, particularly looking at Jeff Anderson, um, who played uh, Dante. I'm sorry, played Randall. Um, he and Kevin Smith were kind of on the outs from, you know, after they made Clerks through. Uh, he doesn't appear again until Dogma, um, and he's in a bit role in Dogma. And they'd actually, basically, he was one of the few people who was like, "Hey, like Clerks is making a lot of money. Shouldn't we see some of this money?" Yeah. You know, and uh kevin smith took that as him being greedy and like he took it as like hey you know we made this for like a nickel i think the people you know who made this should get more than what we are basically yeah and and that's a very dumbed down version of it i'm sure there was a lot more to it but that was what my understanding of the argument was um but when they finally came back they did the clerk's cartoon they make an appearance in Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back. Yeah. Okay. And then that was supposed to be, you know, the end of the universe, if you will. Yeah. And then they were going to make, they, they go to make Clerks 2 and Jeff Anderson wasn't going to do it. Um, and this whole idea that Kevin Smith was going to make Clerks 3 and he said that like, he's basically said one of the actors is unwilling to come back and I'm pretty sure it's Jeff Anderson at this point. <laughs> um, I think just because like, yeah. I think he feels like uh, I've done it enough and like it's now the thing that I'm known for, you know, probably wherever he goes, like I don't want to ruin it maybe is, is his take on that. So I don't know how much more Dante and Randall will get, I guess at this point. That's fair. Particularly with him making this reboot movie. Yeah. I don't know. Like I just, I feel like, I feel like Kevin Smith was on a decent enough, like rise that when I feel like the clerk's cartoon was like his first, I mean, his movies maybe never performed like the strongest of the box office, which you could say that about all his movies, like for the yeah. most part, um, I feel like he was still on like this, like critical darling streak going into clerks, the cartoon. And this was the first time he kind of got smacked down. And well, mall rats kicked him in the dick. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he got to make the movie he wanted to make, you know? Yeah. And, and then you're right. So then the, maybe he pivoted into chasing Amy, trying to show that he could do this and you're right. So, but I feel like 
at least at least uh, Mallrats got out there for people to see. Yeah. You know, um, and which ironically, I think of the two things, I think Mallrats would have been a better cartoon than Clerks. Like yeah. just on surface level, if I was going to pick between the two of them, yeah, because I'm like, which characters would I think would lend better to that world? It would be Mallrats, and you'd already but, have Jane Silent Bob there. You yeah, know? so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but so you're right. I, I stand corrected with that, but I feel like there was this thing where he was still like having, you know, success and then, and then it started kind of not happening for him. And it makes me wonder if you could argue, like, I know, did, did you see yoga hosers? I know I watched it for, the yeah, I mean, um, uh, so like uh, just a quick, quick, uh, go down like some of his other films like uh jersey girl i actually like jersey girl i didn't see uh, i've the never theater. seen i've never seen jersey girl i don't it's, not, it's pretty decent not, like, not that i'm against it i just have not seen it yeah it, it's it's you know it's completely no i shouldn't even say that because i don't think it's completely different than everything else that he's ever done i think it feels very much like a kevin smith movie but it feels like it's shot by somebody else and that's par- partially because they did have like an oscar winning uh, cinematographer on that movie um but it's 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 not a bad movie. I, I think that that movie was the biggest problem with it was is that it fell under the giant auspice of uh, Benefer. Yeah, Ben Affleck and um and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, um, and she's like in the movie like ten minutes at the most. Um, and then and then Jennifer Garner's in it, and then Ben Affleck, you know, was like, "Well, I was with Jenny from the Block, and now I'm going to go with Electra." <laughs> um, but you know, uh, after that, he does make Clerks too, um, kind of wins back his audience, if you will. I, I was still with him at that point. I enjoyed like, Clerks too. I saw it in the theater, and I, I've not seen it since, which is weird because you think I would have seen that movie a second time at least. I. I just, I guess, I wasn't ready for like the emotional turn it takes in like the last twenty minutes. See, like, I love that. Turn. No, it's That's good. What I love about but that movie, it just, it, you know, I, I could, I could lose the dance sequence, and I could probably lose the donkey show. Um, even though we always talk about bachelor party, not you and I, but my friend and I, uh, Ryan, who I work on the center slash with, like that's a movie for whatever reason that we still reference. I like, love bachelor party. Yeah. That movie's wrong. I just love um, it. Anytime we walk into a movie theater and it's like a smaller theater, it's always whew, small theater. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, going back. Uh, so yeah, clerks too. I thought he pulled it off. Um, uh, then, like the next thing is uh, Zach and Mary, and that was mo- that movie was supposed to be like, oh, it's a it's it's chasing Amy, but with a broader comedy. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I walked out, and I'm like, that movie is not chasing Amy. No, I I don't know. I saw I saw it once, and I. I just I, I thought was, it was painfully unfunny. No, it wasn't funny at all. And I I remember I was like sitting wherever like I, we rented it. I was working at Blockbuster at the time, so guys in a, like you know like a week early. Yeah, and I, just, I was there just drinking and watching it. I just remember getting like like you get so drunk to where like you just you don't even care anymore. Yeah. Like it just it. That, I don't know if it was the movie that did that to me or just the amount of drinking I was doing. But about halfway through, I just checked out. Like it was just not great. Like and it had a pretty good cast, you know. But I just I. I, maybe I should revisit it, but I really don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Um, Red State, I think, is an interesting idea. And had he actually been able to pull off his original ending for it, mm-hmm. it would have been a far better movie. Because the, the first ending, the first half of that movie is amazing. Yeah, like, the ending is actually just it ends is yeah. kind of the way it goes now. Um, and I, I keep feel like I keep cutting you off. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, Tusk is a movie <laughs> that I didn't think would be interesting 
it's actually very interesting until Johnny Depp. Like, of all people, Johnny Depp ruins that movie. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Like, the first half of it, again, interesting film. Yeah. And then it just shits the bed. It's like, ah. Because I feel like Kevin Smith wanted to make horror films, but then he's like, oh, no, no, no. People, they know me. I'm a funny guy. Yeah. And it's like, no. Like, It'd be you, like if if, if uh, Jordan Peele, when he made Us, I, I, was or like, like. Oh, no, like if like halfway through Get Out, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this, this tense, sorry, this tense thing. Out. And all of a sudden, no, no, no. I got to get, uh, you know, I got to get, like, I got to make a joke in here. Gotta, well, there's jokes in Get Out. But if it, like, just pivoted into another, like, Key and Peele skit or something, all of a sudden, yeah, like, like, whoa. If, if a character that he had, you know, created on Key and Peele just suddenly showed up in the movie, you'd be like, what? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, yoga hosers, I understand what his intent was, but he kept saying like, oh, you know, the people who don't like this, this they're, they're not the audience who this movie's made for. It's made for young girls. And I'm like, I don't know of a young girl who A, likes this movie and B, like, you can't always say like, well, you're just not the audience for it because yeah, that, and then, that audience seems to be everyone at this point that like, yeah. you know, isn't, it isn't made for. And then giant ups in that one as well. So yeah. like. And then supposedly, I mean, there was the, the third of those Canadian films, and uh, the third one has not been made yet. So I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just even his uh, his segment in that holidays uh, anthology horror like film. I don't know if you watched that. I haven't or, even finished that movie. Did you get to his segment, the Halloween segment? No, I haven't. It was one of those things I again. Think I stopped after. It, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good anthology. But his segment again starts off interesting, and then it gets, it gets stupid. It's like, why do you do this? So, anyway, that's not the cartoon that we're talking about. But it just feels like, it feels like there's just been like, you know, he's capable of doing funny things. Like I, if and, and I've talked about this before, and I know if he ever hears me talking about his stuff, he'd probably be like, why, why are you angry? You know, but if I got a chance to be Kevin Smith, I'd shake his hand and be like, I, I, I love so much of your stuff. And the fact that he's still trying, I appreciate that so much. Um, I, I own that, uh, evening with Kevin Smith, like where he would do, like he did the college tour mm-hmm. stuff. Awesome stuff. Like someone asks him, Hey, how do I get in the movie making business? He's like, put a bunch of credit cards in your name and spend them all and hope that like basically works out. Cause like basically he's just saying what I did doesn't make sense, but you're right. asking me how to do it. And that's how I did it. So like, I mean like, you know, I got to meet Jason Muse for a second. He took like 20 selfies on my phone for like the appropriate amount of money. And that was, it was nice to meet him say, you know, thanks. You know, like I, I will appreciate this. Like clerks cartoon, there's still more good than bad in it. And, and it, to, to see, what we all now like as these absurdist, like ridiculous cartoons. Like, I don't think, like I mentioned C lab, I don't think you'd have C lab. I mean, you, you, you maybe would still have some of the stuff, but I feel like they did a lot of it first. Mm-hmm. And like, they even make a joke, like in the first episode about like Leonardo's big major plan. And one of the steps involves robot chickens. And it makes me wonder, I wondered if that was well, where uh, robot chicken came from. Yeah. And if it did, then, it, that type of humor, you they're very. It's not. I mean, they're different shows, but yeah. that that idea of these weird, just one-off sketch ideas, making jokes and referencing pop culture. You know, like yeah. I just. I, I I was such a big Kevin Smith fan. I've met him twice. Um, you're like, well, this guy Paul, I know, it doesn't like you, but whatever. No, no. Uh, <laughs> the first time I met him was when they were filming Dogma. He was at a comic book convention in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, it was right before his run on Daredevil started. Um. I almost didn't get to meet him, and it was my only reason for going to the convention. I was dirt poor. Uh, I was literally like a broken man that day. I got 
<laughs> I got let in the line, and my friend Jeff, if he's still listening to this, I apologize. He walked away. I got in the line, and he he didn't get in the line. So oh. like when he came back, like I was afraid they were gonna kick me out of line if I let him back in. Yeah. So I didn't let him back in. I'm a total tool. <laughs> get it? Um, Jeff, I'm I'm forever sorry that you did not get to meet Kevin Smith, or he really wanted to meet Jim Mafood, who was the artist on the clerk's cart on the clerk's comic book at the time. So I apologize uh, for that. I, I'm. I am sorry, Jeff. The second time I met him, I actually went to Vulgarthon. Um, they oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a um, they did it a couple years. I think they did one recently, but basically they ran out of theater in New Jersey, and they have a film festival. Yeah, um, mainly of his movies and his friends' movies. Um, I met him. The thing that impressed me the most when I when I met him was that uh, he. It was, I think it was in February. He stood outside the theater and shook everyone's hand as they were walking in. It was cold. Like oh, he, wow. He stood and, like, took pictures, talked to everybody who walked by. And, like, for as important of as he was to me when I was in my 20s, I will forever give whatever he does a chance. Yeah. So, like, I can't think of somebody who was, like, if you want to say, like, uh, say George Lucas was important to my foundation as a kid or the movies of Spielberg or whoever – um, I would say that that's equally probably can be said of my 20s, early 30s. And I would say like my later 30s and beyond, that person has probably become Edgar Wright. Um, or maybe Simon Pegg, the two of them together. But like uh, I, I will always see – I will always check out whatever he's doing to at least give it a chance. Like, um, And hopefully if I ever get back out to L.A., uh, I still listen to uh, his podcast. Um, uh, it's now called Fat Man Beyond. He does it with a gentleman by the name of uh, Mark Bernardin, who's a genius writer. Um, the stuff that that guy comes up with on... Uh, it's actually... You can watch it on YouTube because they, they put him on YouTube because it's done at this bar called Scum and Villainy. Okay. And it looks like the Mos Eisley Cantina, essentially. That's cool. Um they do that live out in L.A., and if I ever get back out there, hopefully, if they're recording, I'll get to go to one of those shows. So I will. I still listen to his podcast. I don't enjoy a lot of the things that he does, unfortunately, anymore, but I'm always going to be willing to give them a try. All right. So, so I think that's fair. So if you guys get a chance, um, they're, they're, um, ep- these episodes are available online. I think you can actually like rent them to watch them. You can actually watch them for free on Tubi. There you go. Perfect. So check it out. Like, uh you know, um, judge for yourself. Um, oh, but then you you need to watch the fourth episode no matter what. Even you should watch the other three in advance. But the fourth episode with just the hard Korean animation turn is still like wonderfully funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and they still make an oddly uh, 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 pertinent Tom Cruise joke. <laughs> I thought of rewatching this. I thought of Kevin immediately, your co-host on Strange Highways. Yeah, yeah, well, whenever I posted a picture of uh, the bear driving car, he made a comment. <laughs> so I had to screenshot Tom Cruise, uh, the the animated image of Tom Cruise, and show him. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, check out check out the episodes. Uh, let us you know. Let us know what you think. Um, you can find us. On um, Invasion of the Podcast, uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a blog, invasionofthepodcast.com. Um, I keep teasing this New Year's Evil blog post that it is going to be the death of me. And it, <laughs> it's probably not going to be terribly good. Spoiler, the movie's not terribly good either. I have like 90% of it written. It's just a matter of just kind of putting the last touches on it. Um, it's one of those things that like I watched it like not this weekend, but the weekend before. And I'm like, I'll have to, I'll have to watch it again just to remember what 
I didn't like it. So I'm like, I've had to watch it like one and a half times. Uh. I want to be done with it. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should have saved that for New Year's yeah. at the end of the year. Well, that's I thought I'd be smart being like, oh, January. It's now almost like the middle of February. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Google Music, uh, wherever you get your podcast. If you can find us, rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And Steve, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com on Instagram. Uh, you can look for me under the Saturday Night Slasher, and I believe on Twitter it's just the Saturday Slasher. Uh, appearances that are coming up will be at uh, Retro Invasion Weekend, which I talk about every episode. Uh, it's well, because it's getting May... closer and closer. <laughs> That's true. It's uh, May 31st through June 2nd, uh, Westlake, Ohio. Uh, awesome guests, uh, great venue. It's going to be a cool show. Come check it out. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, some Valentine's Day celebrating here with uh, Steve's gonna do some matchmaking. All right, so um, we're recording this on Wednesday the 13th, so this will be out Thursday the 14th, which is Valentine's Day. So I, what I have here is um, two two buckets for Steve. Like You guys can kind of hear them. Uh, there's heroes and villains, like, the, right. like 10 and 10. Uh, Marvel and DC, because you know I didn't go too far off the reservation here with this. You're going to pick one out of each, and then you're going to tell me this couple, what their date's going to be. Okay. So. Is, is one of them, like, uh, filled with... Well, I guess it doesn't matter. So I was going to say, is one, like, all female? One, well, okay. Like, no, no, they're actually... It's a mix of male and female in both. So okay. I was like, because, like, why should we limit that? Yeah, like, that's you know, what, like, I was just like, wow, that's no, real shitty no, just, me after just yeah, met, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, like, like, it's just, I'm all dude's bucket. That's all I want. No, yeah. You know. so, um, so, so your villain you have... I have Crimson Dynamo, who I only know because you talked about him on a past episode. <laughs> it's a, a shitty Iron Man knockoff. All like, right. You know. uh, and you got to put up with my handwriting too. So Wonder Woman. Yeah. So what, what's Crimson Dynamo? Definitely a D-lister. And Wonder Woman. What's going to be their date? Uh, I think it's pity date for one. I think that she's just. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, he's been asking her out for like years, and she's finally like, "I'm gonna go." Like. I'll I'll go I'll go. She's Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just like I'll go I'll go. He's gonna keep calling me. So they go and uh, you know he wants to be fancy because he sounds like he's a fake Tony Stark. So he wants to take her someplace you know fancy. Takes her out to eat and uh, but instead since he's low rent you know Iron Man uh, instead of like you know the Chateau or someplace really nice he yeah. ends up taking her to Arby's. <laughs> So they go yeah. to Arby's uh, and she gets the meats. And she gets the meats, and then she puts the lasso of truth on him. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm just I I'm broke and I got nothing." And <laughs> you know, like I just <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, and they ride in the invisible plane, and then she's like, "Oh no, it's over here." And then he goes, "Where is it?" And she just flies away. Like, like, <laughs> just like yeah. Actually, she gets a page from the Justice League. She's like, "Oh, I gotta go." Only ten minutes into the date. Yeah. So there you go. Natural like, disaster happening. I think the Crimson Dynamo is more of like the like the Russian Iron Man. Uh, ah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he's necessarily rich, but you know, whatever. I just it's a cool name, and I, I, I I'm is. a sucker for the design. Again, a cool looking character, not much there. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, like if I had Ooh. red hair and I was I was 
dancing on stage, I'd call myself the Crimson Dynamo. So from the villain pile, I've got Killer Frost, and now this is the the Flash. Yeah, the DC villain. Okay. Killer um, Frost. And then I got Squirrel Girl. Yeah, the un, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. The unbeatable Squirrel. Girl. So, so where where would these two go on a date, or what would they do? Um, hmm. I feel like they would want to go somewhere cold, so maybe they have like a, a nice uh, day skiing. They do a date day date. Yeah, that's where they okay. they go and they go skiing, um, and since, uh, the unbeatable squirrel girl, squirrel, squirrel girl, squirrel girl, um, is unbeatable. Um, you know, they end up making sure that it's a non-competitive date because Killer <laughs> Frost will never win. That's true, and plus, so, Squirrel Girl can actually summon squirrels. So if they're out in like you know an alpine area. And Killer Frost is like, I could control snow. And she's like, yeah, I could control squirrels. I don't know how that's going to end. You know? Yeah. So, Maybe um, they, they, you know, like do a, a test where they make ice mazes <laughs> and put squirrels through them to see who wins. I, I only read a few issues of the unbeatable squirrel girl, like for like it was a year or two ago. It was entertaining as all get out. Like it was a lot of fun. Like she had like these little note cards of like all the different Marvel villains, but they were all written like by Deadpool. So like you'd be reading the issue and it, she'd have like these little stat cards that were all just written by Deadpool about the various like villains of the, the MCU, or not MCU <laughs> Marvel universe. And it was, it was funny. Cause it was just like jokes on tops of jokes. So you get her outlook on life and then you get Deadpool kind of like commenting on the people that she was like encountering because of her indexes that she would have. It was, it was a fun book. Like, oh, it was yeah. fun. Yeah. I think she like beat Thanos too. Like there was just like, they put in these situations where it's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. I kind of took her character. I've not read any squirrel girl, um, but I've always taken her as sort of like Deadpool in that I wouldn't take Deadpool serious. Like, yeah. Even if he's in a story where he's supposed to be serious, I don't take him serious. Well, supposedly there was that new warriors half hour show that was being developed for Freeform or somebody uh, that was going to have her as one of the new warriors. And it was supposed to be, you know, that girl from the AT&T commercials. That's always like uh, yeah. her, her, her name's like 37 letters long. She's supposed to be squirrel girl. And I think uh, I've seen her do like stuff outside of the AT&T stuff. She's really funny. Okay. So hopefully that'll happen. Huh. Yeah. Um, I got uh, another interesting pair. I I got Emma Frost and Zatanna. Yeah. So uh, Emma Frost is uh, the White Queen. Uh, the White Queen turns into diamonds. Also a telepath. And a telepath. Yeah. And Zatanna is a magician. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Where would they go on a date? I feel like there's a, an act already here because one of them can turn into diamonds and is a like, telepath. Like they just go and they just grift. Like yeah. they go, like they go to like a Vegas show, and they, just, they like someone's like, "Well, I could pull like a, a rabbit out of my hat." It's like, "Oh, let's stand back, hold my beer," and then they and show then, up at a Penn and Teller show. Yeah, and then Emma Frost is like, "I can read your mind." And everyone's like, "Well, that's yeah, that's bullshit," and then she does it, you know, like, and then they they they, they get like steak tickets to go to the Rio buffet or something. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Zatanna is um, just pulling numerous rabbits from her hat. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Like that's the one magician trick that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Those rings, how'd they get linked together? I don't know. All righty. So my next villain here I got is Harley Quinn. And the hero that I got... Jessica Jones. Oh my god, that's a pairing. I'm I don't know that they oof. Well, they're going to a bar. I just I was surprised at the number of like uh like 
the female female pairing. So that means, by the way, you're gonna get a lot of a lot of guy guy, guy pairing. That's fine. That's but, fine. But like, they're gonna go to a bar. We know that. Yeah, they're going to a bar, and they might just like just for the hell of it, they might get into a fight because I feel like they both kind of react to chaos. I feel like they go to a comedy club and then both heckle whoever is on stage. Yeah, that feels about right. Yeah, and then uh, I think that you know. Uh, not to be uh, to overreach here, but I have a feeling that those two characters would probably have a pretty like hot relationship that would fizzle out really quickly. Yeah, so uh, that would be fair. Oh. <laughs> it got real quiet, and then I'm reaching in, and then I just like, oh, <laughs> like what is he doing in there? I'm just reaching into a bucket. I promise. Uh, my villain I have is Catwoman. Yep. Oh, and see, I got Spider-Man as my hero. Oh. And I feel like he's already been down this road with the black cat. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, you know, so he's probably going to take her out as a way to try and get back at the black cat. At the black Felicia cat. Felicia that, you know, like, hey, you're not the only cat in town. So, so yeah, I was playing the, the Spider-Man game and there's a whole thing like, t- like towards the middle where she um you don't see her but she starts kind of like taunting spider-man saying hey i know you told me i had to go straight but i kind of want to steal things and basically you have to go all over the city and find these little cat statues and take photos of them because it's a video Mm -hmm. game but then it's like you do this tedious thing like you find all of them and the entire time you're talking to the cops you're like hey has she come in and got her suit out of like your super security deposit box that they have like the police station? They're like, no. And so he goes through and finds all these like documents, all these statues. And then are these figures? And then eventually the cops are like, uh, Hey, by the way, um, we put all those figures in our storage and they all were like little RF transmitters and they all linked up and it shut down our security system and now our suit's gone. So it's like, you basically were like, (laughs) it's like, so the officer's like, you got played. (laughs) Like it was this whole thing of like Spider-Man, but I got to stop her, and it's like he did all the things unwilling, that, unwittingly helped her. But it was like a perfect Spider-Man ending of like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like Catwoman is a better thief, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like they would go on a date, and like you know, old Parker would you know be trying to pull up the charm, and meanwhile she's just you know looking. Honestly, I don't even know that she would go out with Peter Parker, like. She would go out with him, but like, you know, she's got rich tastes. She so does, yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, if there's got to be angle to it. She's trying to get to, maybe Aunt May's got some sort of like, you know, <laughs> antique cat uh, totem you, you, in the you, house. You, you, as I say, you know, Aunt May, she's the one that's full of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, or uh, maybe you know. maybe using uh, Parker's press credentials, they go into like a fancy gala opening or something. That's and, yeah, and yeah. then she could steal you know everything. The, the yeah. Um, um, Persis or Isis uh, statue, which always pops up. Like, it's always, you know, some Egyptian cat statue that she's after. Yeah. So, so. all go. right. Very interesting. I like that we're not really romantic and we're just like, yeah, that'd be fun. Just a museum. It's fine. Well, honestly, yeah. I think the best pairing so far has been like Jessica Jones yeah, and, and, and Harley Quinn. Because yeah. they're both hot messes. Yeah. And I think it'd be really interesting <laughs> to see what that what happens. Mm. All righty. So, for my. <laughs> for my villain, I got Mysterio. Yeah, and for my hero, I got Superman. <laughs> now, um, what's interesting about that is, is that like, is he wearing the fishbowl? Is he <laughs> is he in full costume? I mean, I, well, I mean, does he does he want to set up a good time of like 
like being like just tricking Superman the entire evening into thinking that something else is going on. Like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I feel like Mysterio is probably the most red flag, like, like first date guy. Cause you yeah. never know what's going on with him. Right. You know? Like, so I don't know. Like, and I mean, I guess, you know, uh, Superman's like one of his vulnerabilities is magic. So maybe he like makes Superman think that he's doing magical things, but he's, you know, really not. I don't, I, I don't know. That one's, that's an odd pairing. I'll yeah. give you that. But, I, uh, I'm just trying to think like, so what if we, what if we reduce it further and say Jake Gyllenhaal and Brandon Ralph, what if they were going out together? <laughs> what are you, it, we don't even get Henry Cavill. We just get Brandon. Ralph. I, we could do Henry Cavill. I, I, mean, I, just I, mean, like, I like Brandon Ralph. Don't get me wrong. Um, oh boy. I feel like the like any of those guys because they're also like beefy. Like I feel like they're gonna go to the gym. Like they're gonna have like a, a, a gym date where it's like <laughs> they're gonna go and like work out and do reps and then like go to the energy bar or not the energy bar but like the the whatever the they're bar gonna end is. up. They're gonna this end is how in shape a... I am. I don't even know what's inside of a gym. I just know that there's a place where you can get soft drinks. <laughs> um, they're gonna end up on a, a sand volleyball court with their shirts off uh, playing volleyball against Iceman <laughs> for well, actual Iceman. Sure. But, or it yeah. could be Iceman from Top Gun while you're playing with the boys or well, it's a song, right? Or hanging with the boys. No, playing, playing with, the, with boys. the boys. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the music song I played during Top Gun, <laughs> right? It? Yeah. During the, uh, the volleyball, the beach volleyball scene. That's what they would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I, I, I do think that that would be an interesting, like, you know, who can who can lift the more, most weight? I guess, or, uh, <laughs> like the, the real people, because we know Superman would have been able to outlift well, yeah. Yeah, Mysterio. But maybe Mysterio could give him the illusion that he's that's true. More. Like it's just, but all it is is just like those uh, old timey like one ton barbells, but they're just like inflated. He's right. like, look, look what I can do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Except he put kryptonite in uh, Superman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alrighty, so uh, the villain that I got is the Joker. Okay. Boy, I'm gonna be upset if the 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 oh, it's Deadpool. Whew. Oh, cool. I was I was afraid it was gonna be Batman because that is a date that would just end badly. <laughs> um, God, I feel like those two. It's uh, almost like the Harley Quinn Jessica Jones thing. It, it is. Be I, like, but I feel like Deadpool would just be like. You're crazy, and then the Joker would be like, "I know," and he'd be like, "You're crazy." He'd be like, "Well, that's what everybody tells me." Like, I just feel like, <laughs> I, when you say that though, I just picture Will Ferrell in old school when he gets shot with the uh, tranquilizer dart. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> you got a dart in your neck. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do feel like, you know, they probably would go to a bar, but not to like drink. I I feel like. They would go there just to see who could mess with somebody the most. Yeah, I feel like that there'd definitely be a taco truck involved. Like they stop for tacos and yeah. then on their way to because I feel like Deadpool would be all about going to a museum and messing up works of art. Like, you know. Oh yeah, that's a like, good point. Like, like 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 not that I'm saying that this is the Nicholson Joker, but I feel like he'd be like, Yeah, let's just go do that. Yeah. Why not? You know? Like let's put uh, you know, uh Deadpool eyes on all of the <laughs> And Joker lips on everything. So yeah. there you go. I feel like they're... Uh, they're going it, to the Art Institute. I like it. <laughs> Fancy. <Yeah. laughs> and for you ladies who are listening, this gives you an idea how boring I must have been on first dates. <laughs> want to go to the Art Museum and mess up art? <laughs> Sorry, we can't do that. Do you want to go watch Machete? Yeah, let's go do that. <laughs> All righty. So... Uh, I got Enchantress. Uh-oh. Well, we don't... <laughs> you dropped a hero in the bucket. I dropped a hero in the, uh, oh, the, the bad guy bucket. bucket. Let's see here. So I got Black Canary and Enchantress. Um, 
See, this one gets tough for me because, well, I know that your your version of Black Canary you always think of is, is Laurel, Laurel Lance. Lance from the, the show who's just a raging alcoholic for three episodes. <laughs> I, I think of uh, Dinah Lance from the comics, uh, that version of Black Canary who is uh, with Green Arrows. So, um, well, but the enchantress can like seduce men, but yeah. I don't think she can enchant women. I don't know if that's – is that a weakness? I can't remember. I feel like that's not correct because I feel like hmm. they um, – they they actually recently well I mean recently a few seasons ago on Agents of Shield they had the Enchantress as a character and she seduced all the agents and they had Is that um, the one where Sif was yeah uh, okay yeah they actually had um all the actress I forget her name now the one that played Sif in the movies was yeah. there for a second yeah and she couldn't be seduced by the Enchantress huh okay but she's also you know as Guardian so I don't know if that works or not but yeah um I mean Black Canary uh, one of my favorite episodes of. Uh, and actually, they're all really good, but the Justice League Unlimited cartoon, uh, there's an episode where she finds out that uh, Wildcat is fighting in like an underground fight club type thing that's being run by a crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, she basically goes in to investigate it and ends up having to fight herself. I feel like uh, that might be like where they would go on a date is some sort of like underground like, like like testosterone filled fight club yeah but they would just both go and kick all the dudes asses and then like after they're done maybe go and have a drink well i mean no black canary would like to have a drink yes <laughs> <laughs> not that black canary jeez yeah. black label canary <laughs> uh, all right so two left two so, left so, here so my my hero two pairs left yeah is batman uh, it'd have been really screwed if it would have been Joker and Batman. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> Lobo. <laughs> I I was just trying to find some weird, random, you know. Like, I, I, is Lobo really a villain though? I mean, I guess he's he not is. a hero. Like, come on, like I just yeah. Um, he's an anti-hero. I mean, I guess he's the same line like Deadpool or something. Yeah. But I but he's he he does not. Well, I guess Deadpool doesn't mind killing people either. But Lobo just doesn't give a shit. Like, it's not a matter of like. Like, I feel like Deadpool would be like, well, if I have to, but, you know, Lobo just doesn't care. Yeah, I, I feel like Lobo would take Batman out and just try to show him a good time. Like, not not in like a, like, you know. No, he has the space bike. They would go like. Has, like but like Batman's so dour. Yeah. Like, you know. and like not if, that they, if they were forced to have a date, I think Lobo would be like, well, let's just go have a good time and, and, and wreck shit. You know? Yeah. And like, uh, and Batman would be like, I can't. My parents are dead. You know? And it would be. <laughs> I like how that's his answer for everything. <laughs> What are you doing tonight? I, I can't go. My parents are dead. I, my parents yeah. are dead. Um, but no, I, I do feel like Batman's such a, you know, he's so unwilling to have fun that like Lobo would just make it his mission to be like, I'm going to make you have fun. He's Lobo's the, the friend who's like, you know, when you're in college where you're like upset about something, they're like, okay, you're going to come to the bar with me and we're going to go out and we're going to get crazy. And you're like, no, no, really, I, I don't I don't want to. And they're like, no, you're going to come with me. And then they end up pouring shots down your throat and getting you hammered and then you miss your eight o'clock class or something like that's who lobo, lobo would is. make make bruce wayne like late for like like some kind of important business right. meeting in the morning <laughs> exactly yeah. I'd, yeah uh and batman would actually probably just be like i'm i'm, I'm never going back yeah i'm i'm done <laughs> so right. yeah so i don't know if lobo is a true villain but i was just trying to come up it was just one of those things i was challenging myself to come up with like five and five like five marvel five dc like total for both sides and then five men five women so i was like 
I went through this whole list. Like, there's these stupid lists online where it's like I put in DC villains, and someone's like the top 100 DC villains ranked in order, and it's like all they did was put their photos up and their names. It's like, did you bother explaining them? No. Okay. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> it doesn't really explain why. Why is one 100, and why is one ranked number one? You know, like yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Your last 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 setup. two. My last two. I've got uh, Taskmaster and Ghost Rider. <laughs> I don't um, know. Yeah. One of them's the Spirit of Vengeance, and the other one can has a cool costume, but can just basically replicate anyone. He has a uh, was it um a not a photographic memory, but he has like photographic reflexes. Yeah, like so he can learn. So I also feel like his his mask is a skull. So I fear you know yeah. it's a skull like. So they would like you know they have that in common. Um, I, I don't think he would be against going out and just beating the shit out of people for no good reason, while Ghost Rider would be like seeking out vengeance. I think they'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, with with Taskmaster being a mercenary, you know he has to have a little bit of money socked away. So I'm sure they would go, you know, have a nice, nice quiet meal at like a hibachi place. And they'd be like, oh, you want us to cook this for you right here? And Ghost Rider's like, no, I got it. You know? <laughs> and he just pin stares the food and it's all, you know. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any sort of like sport that the chain would come in handy in, but I don't think there is, because I tried to think of the same thing for Lobo, and it, it just it's not coming coming to me. So, um, or maybe they go to a NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, that's okay. I, I don't know. I would. Just, I feel like then Ghost Rider would probably still have a lot of asses to kick there too. That'd be well. A, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So anyway, so that, you know, love is a weird thing. So we don't know. Maybe these pairings would all work out. Maybe they wouldn't. But it's just a day on Valentine's Day. And if they're, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean. I still think Jessica, I actually kind of want to write DC and Marvel and be like, hey, if you're ever thinking about doing like a, a, a spinoff or a, a, another crossover, I think the Jessica Jones, uh, Harley Quinn, um, you know, romance book would be amazing. It's like four issues. And you, you know, people, it would automatically sell out. Like there's oh, no, yeah. there's no doubt. Like that isn't even a joke. Like, you know, that like, <laughs> like it would do really, really well. So yeah. Anyway, that's, that's our Valentine's day treat to all you all. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed our, um, our, I'd say extra long episode, but our average length episode, um, you know, it's what, it's what happens. You know, well, we had a good talk. Um, next week, tentatively we have scheduled, we're going to hopefully go see, um, Alita battle angel that's in the theaters this weekend. Yes. And then we'll be talking about that. Cause I feel like there's enough surrounding it in terms of like the people involved in it. And we'll talk about the movie as well, but I feel like there's going to be a good discussion. Well, yeah, I, I will try to not do what I did with this Kevin Smith episode where I, I talked about him more than I did the content. So as I feel like there's a lot to talk about with Rodriguez, but I I will try and refer. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the lens through which we view things. So I think that will be Tell good. us, dear listeners, um, <laughs> do you want more um, actual talk about creators or the products? Yeah, I'd say both. That's me. But uh, you know, so, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hopefully go see Elite Battle Angel. If not, then I'm sure we'll just watch like an old episode of Mash or something. And talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't know. Like we're gonna watch like watch some mash. episodes of Quincy to see. You know, we'll just see what happens. It'll it'll, it'll be fine. Uh, we'll so, uh, we'll dig up uh, what the episodes of Desmond Pfeiffer were since those were <laughs> yeah. referenced heavily in the Clerks cartoon. Yeah, yeah we'll we'll find that. So all right. So have have a, a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, and a safe week, and we will we'll talk to you guys uh, next time.